Hello and thank you for listening to episode 254 of 60 Minutes With and the entertainment show for April, May 2020, sponsored by Below the Belt Grooming. I'm Dave and as always I'm joined at a very long social distance by Chris. Hello. Hello. How the devil are you? I'm not too bad. I'm a bit... I'm a I'm a bit actually. I could do with some below the belt. I'm a bit sweaty at the moment in here. It's hot, isn't it, at the moment? And I'm in here, and I've had to shut the windows and everything because the fish and chip vans around, and everybody knows the noise that makes. And uh, yeah, shut the door, and it's like a little oven in here. And I'm getting yeah, bits of me are getting quite sweaty. And we've only just fucking begun. God knows mm. what it'll be like by the end of this. Yes, you, well, you definitely do need them. As I, I mean, I've said many times before, that, you know how good they are. Um, I mean, I, in the past, I've tried talc, you know, um, put a bit of talc on on the old taters, um, and that's okay. But you know, having a cream that is just this kind of magic that just kind of, you know, it's it, the thing is, you'd think cream would stay kind of like creamy, you know, and it, it would be moist type. Yeah, yeah. But it. it Whereas, like, obviously, talc is like powder, isn't it? So, hmm. you can, you, you, you know, you'd understand how that would absorb um, sweat, you know, ball sweat in particular. Uh, whereas, it, it's it's amazing. And also, the one of the best things about it is that it smells nice too. You know, some, if sometimes, you know, have a little scratch or you're, you're, you're putting your, sort of pulling your pants up after you've had a pee or whatever, and uh, <laughs> you think, oh, that smells quite nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not, you know, sometimes I've done it in the past, but, uh, you know, you scratch your, your balls or your arse and you have a little sniff and you think, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, it's actually quite a, it's a pleasure to do it now. You know, it's uh, it's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you kind of if you do a fart or a shit, you can appreciate it, can't you? Like yeah, yeah. if somebody else does it, if you walk into the toilet and it's stinks from someone else you go fucking hell that's terrible whereas if you do it you you become quite proud of it and you think oh that's quite that's quite good um what did i have to eat last night <laughs> so it's kind of like you know you you, you you kind of have a scratch of the old bollocks and men do this i think because men are dirty oh, um dear. and you have a little sniff and you think oh god that's a bit a bit rancid um but if you put a bit of below the belt on you don't have that anymore you just think oh that's quite fresh i quite like that so well you know mate i i taught in a prison for two and a half years and the men there constantly had their hands on the cock and balls all the time i think I there's, an, there's an untapped market for below the belt in prisons worldwide i think yeah i, d- I don't get that sometimes you see uh people it's sorry I don't, I, we've had this conversation off ahead but if my kids don't shut the fuck up i'm gonna go and <laughs> twat them um yeah <clears throat> if uh so what I was going to say, yes, I've, I don't, I've never understood that. You see it sometimes, people walking down the street with their usually younger people and you you see them sort of like with grey joggers on. And, yeah, that's the one. You know, they've got their hands down the front. Like, why? I don't, what are they doing? Are they touching the knob? Is it? Are they just resting it there? I, I, I genuinely don't understand that. And I think oh, this is the old man in me. Um, but also... It's just why it's not. I don't get it. I gen- if somebody out there can explain what that's all about, then uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. But, Is it some sort of comforting? I don't know. It's when they came up to you, you'd see them walking along, like just cupping the balls and then they'd walk up to you and then want to shake hands or something. It's like, no, thanks. No, you wouldn't even want to use a pen after they've held it. It's like, no, thank you. It's, no, uh, no, it's not no. too good. 
But with summer about to begin, obviously below the belt, it's now's the time to jump on in and, and buy their products. You know, every entertainment show, we keep saying how great the products are. I think, mate, I think it's time that the entertainment show had a below the belt ditty. And I think our listeners are the people to ask. I think if, if anybody can come up with like a 10 to 20 second below the belt, sort of fresh ball kind of thing, sort of ditty, uh, send it to us, email it to us. And I'm pretty sure that if we get in touch with our friends at Below the Belt, uh, the, the one that we pick or well, they pick, whatever, can be rewarded with some Below the Belt grooming products too. Mm, I think people should get there. Yeah, get the musical heads on and make us a little 10 to 20 second ditty. And we can play it at the start of the show for our for our ball talk, can't we? Yeah, that would be cool. Because I remember when you did something similar when you were uh, doing the 80s picture house and you asked people to send in like uh, their own clip, didn't they? Mm-hmm. You know, their sort of like musical insert for, was it the movie pick or was it something? I can't, oh God, what was it? You, you'll know. Um, and somebody did. You know, yeah. that, that was really awesome, you know. Yeah, it was a good one, I'm saying. Somebody can, I'm sure there's somebody, at least one person out there that can give it a go, 10 to 20 yeah. seconds. Yeah. You can do all that shit on your phone these days, can't you? Can. And, yeah. You know, just come up with some jingle, you know, have a little, you could sing something, couldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head. Look after your balls. Um, <laughs> um, it's something that rhymes with below the belt. Um, Ooh, felt. Have yes, you felt? Like, yeah. if you if you ever want to get felt, then get some below the belt. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. The standard has been set right now. That's where you've got to be, yeah. folks. Yeah, There's yeah, got to be some like musicians out there who, you know, play the guitar. I know one <laughs> uh, who's on our uh, podcast uh, crew. Um, I'm sure he can write a song about, you know, you looking after your balls. Yeah, yeah. So get, get them sent in, folks. You know the email address. Give it at the end of the show. And, uh, yeah, whichever one we pick, I'm sure, below the belt, because they're very kind giving stuff away and um, get some of the prog- products. And they've got a great sense of humour as well, so don't worry if you want to be a bit risque. I mean, they've just... Their latest slogan for their products is Nakalaka, which I think is great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's very clever. I like that. <laughs> See, I, cause I like the sort of, like, you know, the looking for different words for, for your nuts and bollocks we don't use nuts particularly that's more of an american thing i've always thought mm-hmm. always thought like bollocks you know, obviously and taters i love that taters taters are good plums plum yes yeah conkers that's a good one <laughs> there's more words though for male genitalia like with cock and balls than there is for female isn't there? there's so many words for your cock it's just incredible mm. I mean, why is that why have we got like more different a variety of words for our genitalia than women have we're a more important Dave that's why <laughs> <laughs> it's a silly question of, of course. course it's, it's obvious men. now you've said it <laughs> I'll just make sure to be uh, not within swiping range of Tina whenever she listens to say, this episode yes, yeah. yes just I, I'm safe but uh, obviously you're you, you're not <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say as well I'll take this opportunity this is the first because we've been pumping out the uh, the podcasts during because of that that shall not be mentioned we've been we've been and this has been good we were talking about this off air it's been it's been therapeutic that we've got this creative outlet that we can do and mm. we've been doing it we released 10 shows in march 10 in april and it's there's going to be i think 11 maybe 12 released in may mm. uh, and we've already got them piled up for june release you know we got we've got loads so i didn't know as shows were coming out i didn't know what numbers a lot will be um 
episode 250 came out it was a decade of decadence i didn't know what episode it was going to be you'll hear me at the start of it so i just want to just take a couple of minutes mate because now we've we've tipped over 250 this is 254 mm-hmm. so i just wanted to take a moment and just to thank everybody that's taken the time to listen to us be it just one show maybe this is your first i don't know uh, i know there's people out there that's listened to all of them I know there's people out there that sometimes they only, they only listen to the entertainment shows and maybe, I don't know, ABC of Gaming, whatever you listen to. People have got the favourites, obviously. Thank you very much. Thank you to the people that have left us a review as well. They're all on the, on the website. We've got another one today that will be put on the website tomorrow. I keep saying this at the end of shows, but they really do help for a couple of minutes you know, emailing us a review. They really do help. Thank you to everybody that's done that. Thank you to people that have bought through the links on the website. Of which we're getting even more, mate, aren't we? There's so many. We're saving yeah. people money all over the show. Uh, so there's some great affiliate links and money off links. Just click on them. Uh, have a look. Go to the website. They're all on there, as well as the news and reviews, of course. Thank you to everybody that's gone to our Kofi page and bought us a coffee. Thanks to the people that have done that. Uh, if you remember earlier in the year, our website fees and our podcast fees are covered for this year. Thank you to... The- to the Kofi page and people that are denoted there. And finally, of course, a big thank you to all of the team, yourself included, obviously, mate, uh, and Tina and Ben and Adam uh, and, and Tom and Alan. And we've got Steve now as well. And it's just, we've got such a great team who put reviews on the website, who create such an amazing selection of podcasts. Um, and the fact that, you know, we've got all different teams and there's like Steve and Tina a recording tomorrow and you and Adam will go and do shows and then there's you Ben and Alan we got so many different combinations and different types of shows that like I said at the beginning even if you don't like one of them chances are you're going to like at least one of the many ones that we do even within the sound check shows there's about eight or nine different ones from the interviews to the sound check amount to the regular ones to all the, all the others that we do so I just wanted to take a, a few minutes just to say a massive thank you to everybody now that we've passed 250 and uh Yes, it's a one-way ticket straight through to 500 now, mate. Mm, it is. It's awesome. I'm just looking back now, just at the first ever show that was put out was the interview that you did with Carl Dupree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know... Because that's how it, this it, was all going to start, wasn't it, originally? Yeah. It was yeah. me going to do 60-minute interviews was how this all started. Yeah. And, you know, obviously with the entertainment shows, that was it, interview and entertainment shows, and then it sort of grew from there didn't it and mm. if you look at the breadth of shows that we've got we, we you know we put out for people uh, and ourselves I, I you know i i still kind of go into podcasting uh, like this you know when i went into it with the the same coin is that i it kind of i forget that people are going to listen you know what mm-hmm. i mean i don't yeah, i don't yeah, go too. into it thinking i've got a be entertaining you know i've got to do this to entertain people i do it because i want to do it for me and i enjoy doing it and i think that's the the right attitude to take to it you know because if you start if you start thinking about oh i've got to put this kind of persona on you know this um you know and yes you can argue okay with the the abc of gaming and you know we we perhaps go a little bit over the top but that's you know it's still us we're still you know we've been very honest with people yeah, and I, yeah. you know it, it, you can look at that with the abc of forwarding ahead you know and talking about ourselves personally um and but if you look at now you, you sort of like look at look at that drop down box of podcasts that we offer it's it's amazing really it, it you know to think about it um 
and how it's grown and and the reviews you know uh i mean i've written i'm coming up to 200 reviews i know i don't do as many as you or tina but you know on our uh can I have a quick calculation here? There are uh, 970, two, four, 975 reviews on our website wow. of books, video games, uh, you know, movie shows, TV shows, you name it. Uh, it it's that's mental. And five years, five years, isn't it, that, that we started this? I mean, I'm privileged yeah, it'll be to. Six years in September will be the since episode one. Is it? Yeah, you know, mm. I'm. I'm privileged to to sort of be have been part of this. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that. Something's fucking kicking off next door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm privileged to sort of be be part of this from the start. You know, and I still remember that time when you asked me uh, over a game of pure pool um, on the PlayStation, sort of like floating the idea with me about starting up the podcast and starting up the the website, etc. And who knew that it would grow into something like this? Uh, that's mm-hmm. that is amazing, and I think you know. I do want to reiterate the people that have helped to support the show, not not just recently sort of with the the uh, Kofi page that you set up, but also over the years that have just like you said stuck around from the start. Yeah, sending uh, us a tweet, you know, saying they listen. Yeah. send us an email. We've had some great emails, you know, come that, that just gone. Oh, thank you for that. You brightened the day. Thanks for doing this. Made some good friends from it. You know, people that were. I say just a listener. I'd use that in the, you know, not in any kind of derogatory kind of sense. But now I've got them on my WhatsApp, and you know, I'll talk to them and send messages to them. And selling turnips with them. Selling yeah. turnips, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the thing, isn't it? You know, and I think that's the again the right way to go about this, the sort of endeavor, podcasting, whatever you want to call it, is that we are there to help support each other you know and that's the main thing isn't it you know we're, we're we've kind of helped out other podcasts and well you helped and, you helped me and tom when we started eight's pitch house you know when you guys were starting the same coin and i remember reaching out to you and yeah and you helped us start up and I st- it's it's weird because um i was talking to alan earlier on about sort of for how Adam became part of the same coin and think I haven't told him yet, but that's that's a really cool sort of story as yeah. to how Adam joined the same coin and now obviously Adam's joined uh, us and has been part of the ABC of gaming and now the spotlight reflection shows, which yeah. I have to say I'm really enjoying doing those. They're they're brilliant. Um, I love all the shows that we do, but just kind of going back and and rewatching movies that <laughs> we, we loved yeah. when we were kids. I love doing those, um, but that's a cool story how um adam joined the same coin and he's now part of the team with us as well and you know it's it's great isn't it and like with alan as well who you know became friendly through their show the wild ride and is now part of our team and yeah. like he said and uh, you haven't heard it yet and you probably won't because you're not going to listen to our this sneak preview uh for listeners our new metallica oh i will uh, listen i will listen and check show um but like he says on that you know it's because I commented, it, it, it's amazing to think that you're now part of our team. And he said the most important thing isn't necessarily being part of the team. It's it's meeting cool people and and sharing, you know, um, similar ta- you know passions, tastes, and things in common. And being you know finding friends. That's the thing, isn't it? it? Sounds very corny and very cheesy, but that's that's what it's about. And I think mm. we, particularly with times like this, isn't it? It's about having that kind of connection with yeah. people. It you is, know. yeah. And it's, it has definitely helped, you know, during this crazy time that we're in. It has really helped having, you know, this creative outlet and having the, the friend network that we've got through podcasting as well. 
mm-hmm. you know, more people to chat with has, has been a, a big positive. That's for sure. Yeah. So again, well, yes, here's to, uh, you know, another 250 odd shows. Mm-hmm. We'll be, yeah. well, it took us what, five and a half years to get this far. The way we're going at the moment, a couple of years, mate, will be done. Well, I know we'll have it done by the end of the year. Um, <laughs> because the thing is, like you said, you, you, I mean, you've got, shows backed up on your computer you know you, that are waiting to be released yeah, they're yeah. ready to, ready to go and you, you're kind of trying to spread them out i think you're doing like three a week generally aren't doing you two to three yeah uh, try not to do more than three i'm trying to keep it to two sometimes there's three uh a lot of them at the moment are interview shows which like the one that went on today was the second time that adrian vandenberg's been on and it's you know the vandenberg album was out today uh, the next one's going to be the Clint cast. That's going to be released on Clint's birthday, which is in two days. So, And there's a few more like that that are time sensitive for the release date. Um, yeah. So obviously they've got to come out when they come out due to the date. The content in them isn't time sensitive, but the release Not date is. Uh, but then we've got, yeah, I'm just looking at folders full of shows now. And it's great that they're, they're all ready to go, you know. Mm. Which again, a little pat on our back, you know, I guess is to, so just to show that, you, you know, we we obviously enjoy what we're doing mm-hmm. because if we didn't, we wouldn't be sending so many shows. Um, so yeah, it's brilliant. It is. It, I'll, yeah. I'll said many times before how, how much I enjoy doing this. And uh, as I said, you know, there's the, there, there is something out there for everybody. It's a, it's like a, an audible buffet, isn't it? You know, it is, there will yeah. be something that, that somebody will like, um, you, you know, said whether it's video games, old movies, kid movies from when you were a kid, you're, you know, Clint Eastwood stuff, entertainment stuff, interviews. It, there, there's so much there. The ranch show. Um, it really is. There's, there's some, really cracking shows that we've brought and i'm saying that myself but you know what i mean um it, it is it's great and the yeah. website is the the hub of it all everything you know, yeah that is the, the, the center of everything isn't it yeah it's brilliant really is i will say as well before we move on uh i do i do realize how frustrating it can be when you're looking at your podcast app and you suddenly like in an, you seem to be inundated with like oh fuck there's another episode there's another episode how can I keep up and I know a lot of people's podcast listening is down at the moment because a lot of people listen when they're commuting and so and all of that I know my podcast listening is most definitely down uh, but yeah just remember that none of them are, are time sensitive you can listen to them whenever you can listen to them like two years down the line if you want you don't have to feel like you want to miss out uh, my favourite podcast is an NFL podcast that I've been listening to for years and years and years I'm two and a half months behind on that <laughs> And, yeah, uh, but I don't want to miss an episode. And it's from the I sat in the garden and listened to one today, and you know I'll get there eventually. So and it's it's no harm. They're all on there. And again, it's like I always say, paid nothing for them. It's free mm-hmm. entertainment, so I don't mind. Um, so yeah, if anybody's thinking, oh shit, you've released ten, eleven, twelve shows this month, I can't keep up. It's fine. Pick the ones you like. If you don't, you know, one of those that don't listen to them all, just listen when you want. It's okay. It's good. Mm. Mm. Good advice. Before we get onto the meat and potatoes of our entertainment show, mate, I've got one more thing to go through. And yes, it is. Vegan alert. (laughs) (laughs) I did promise in the last show, mate, that I would have a chat with my daughter. Uh, And if you're listening to this and you don't know what vegan alert (laughs) is all about, uh, go back and listen to the last show. It's all explained on there. Uh, so yeah, I, I phoned her up. I had an hour on the phone with her. Uh, she lives in Liverpool with her boyfriend. She's been a vegan for five years in August. Uh, and we talked through everything that I went through because, you know, we had a good chat about it in the last episode, didn't we, mate? And she said, 
as a vegan, she agrees with it in principle. What you know, what this woman's doing with with the reviews. But even Megan goes, she's going a bit too far. She's going a bit too far. Uh, and she said, you know, if you're going to accuse like Sonic the Hedgehog in the latest movie, an animated character of, a, you know, accusing another animated character of smelling like mushrooms, then <laughs> it's it's a little bit too far. And she made a good point. She was saying, right, if you're going to point out stuff like that, well, then you're going to need... Why doesn't she point out anything that features L'Oreal products? Because apparently they're the worst firm for animal testing. Mm. You know, something like that. Oh, there's L'Oreal for, you know, something in the background. But that's not pointed out. Uh, she did think as well that animal print clothing is a bit silly to point out. That's a plus thing that you wear in animal print stuff rather than animal skins. That's a positive. Uh, to play devil's advocate... Some of the things that I thought were a bit silly, like Mark Wahlberg throwing a guitar at Ted, that was like a, you know, vegan alert. Mm. And But she said, okay, she, she does see sort of in principle, I, you can see that as silly, but look at it another way that you could, not for the sake really on the vegan side of it, but it's more about, you know, you could use it to teach your kids compassion a bit more rather than chucking a guitar at somebody. So there's that side of it. She did also say, because I was going, okay, one of them's like chicken on a plate. It's... Yes. And she said, and again, this is seeing it from a, her point of view, and she said, oh, okay, yeah, that's a bit so-and-so. But she said, look at it this way. You say it's chicken on a plate. Go, yeah, yum, yum. And she said, so some vegans, not her, by the way, um, but some vegans could, instead of seeing the chicken on the plate, instead of seeing the product, they could see the whole process of how it got there, which is not always a pleasant thing that the animals go through. And that's why they could be upset. That was purely to play sort of devil's advocate. And mm, that could be why. She said a definite no-no. Why bother with CGI characters at all, really? Because they're from... not real. Because yeah. they're not real. And, you know, the example I said, because it's one in the latest Lion King where um, Simba and his dad are having a chat about talking... Um, hunting antelopes and she said well that's a good thing because that's what lions do in real life anyway why put an alert up about that even if it's two real lions why well if it's two real lions you'd be going fuck mate it's two real lions talking wouldn't you but mm -hmm. they're going to hunt antelopes it's a natural thing and another thing she said is because some people go oh i'm not going to eat vegan food it's fucking horrible uh she said you a lot of you might be in a lot of stuff that you don't know is vegan oreos are vegan Mm -hmm. I haven't yeah. knew that. Yeah, there was a load of stuff that you don't think, oh, that's vegan. Because um, I have said, me and Tina have cut out a load of uh, a load of red meat. Uh, it's God, it's about eighteen months since we, since we ate lamb. Uh, red meat's gone. I can't, I can't give up chicken. Although sometimes we do have like, oh, I forget the name of the firm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're not chicken, chicken fillets. You know, we, we have some of those. We've really cut down, but I couldn't. I couldn't go vegan. Mm. Uh, there's a debate. You like your meat. I do yeah. like. I do like some meat, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't eat lamb. For fuck's sake! We would take every day. We take Bodie for a walk, and there's the last few months. There's been little lambs everywhere. It was great. Yeah. I had a lamb. What three hours ago? Having a shit about two feet away from me. <laughs> I couldn't. I and I looked into his <laughs> into its eyes as it was having a poo, and I thought. I can't eat you, mate. I couldn't do that. 
Uh, there's a debate. I didn't know this. There's a debate among, amongst vegans if are mushrooms vegan? Because apparently mushrooms have a central nervous system and communicate with each other. Mm. Okay. Um, and she said also there's a difference with veganism because there's veganism living it, which is where you just um, you, you don't eat meat and no, no dairy products and so on. And you also wear no food. Uh, no food. Of course you don't wear food. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> don't be wearing that bacon jacket whatever you do they wear no fur nothing like that but then there's plant-based veganism where they eat no meat or dairy but they will still wear fur so there's there's a lot more to it than that so she said go to one of the best sites to start with is veganwomble.com and there's a lot of info in there and you'll find things like oreos that are vegan and you might not know about it so i had a really nice hour chatting to her about it so um yeah she thought it does go a bit far with some things but um there's other things that everybody could learn anyway mm. yeah uh, i, I <clears throat> she clearly knows her stuff i uh see so, i mean so i've just typed it in and, and the first thing that's popped up is um a post i've never hated anyone more than this letterboxed reviewer who posts vegan alerts <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and uh, this, I've just managed to find her because I'm on Letterboxd. As if you go to our profile on the website, you can follow me. Yeah. Um, and some and people should. They should yes. follow you. But there are. There's like a little review of the movie, but then underneath, there's like vegan alerts. And <laughs> but like you said, right? There's there's one for uh, Bolt. You know, oh, the... I've. Got... <laughs> Well done, mate, because I've got three written down as examples, and I'm glad that's one that you found. Have, have you found it? So, uh, so, uh, da, 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 so, uh, bl- review the movie. She didn't like it particularly, gave it two and a half stars. Um, vegan alert. <laughs> Cat insulted. That's the one I got wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> an animated dog insults an animated cat. Um, oh, dear. A- Cat references that she was declawed and abandoned, oh. and then a dog catcher threatens a dog. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on. Here you go. Uh, Here's two for you, mate. Here's two for you. So the first one, obviously, vegan alert. <laughs> the movie is called Becoming. Uh, reference to fried chicken biscuit. Now wait a minute. If it's a UK biscuit, which is like a sweet treat, like you know, I don't jammy dodgers or rich teas or something like that, a fried chicken biscuit, mm. or if it's the American version, which let's get it right, when you have a biscuit in America, it's a fucking it's a plain scone for God's sake, yeah. not a biscuit. So why would you want a fried chicken scone? Either way, it sounds absolutely repulsive. Mm. And either way, it's only a reference to it. You don't even see it. There's a reference to it. But by far my favourite one since we last recorded, mate, because I do keep an eye on uh, reviews, uh, is <laughs> a vegan alert <laughs> for Hollywood, the TV series. I think it's on Netflix. looks interesting. I haven't watched it yet. And the best one in that is... Casual references to bestiality. I saw, yes. Now, what the fuck? Hold on, just think about that in a minute. Casual? Casual? I, I'm When me and Tina watch it, I'm really hoping there's a scene in this really posh Hollywood restaurant, because it's set uh, post-World War II, 
And there's a load of, you know, and they're all very posh and they're all, yes, all having a meal. And they're all going on about, oh, wasn't it great to see Rock Hudson in that latest movie over there? Oh, look, there's a man fucking a donkey. Anyway, <laughs> I was saying to the director, how can you have a casual? But it says references. There's more than one casual reference to bestiality is awesome. Did you see Ted the other day fucking that dog? He looked like he was in a whale of a time. <laughs> There's one here, Sean the sheep, vegan. Some of the animals were held in captivity. Okay, fair enough, I guess. That's, that falls into your sort of, um, you know, uh, lambs and all that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, you know. don't, don't mess with lambs, mate. Definitely it's not. Sean the sheep. <laughs> There's some... Um... There's some good stuff in there, mate. I mean, there's some there's some that you think, okay, fair enough. Like I said in the previous show, if you want to be warned and there's something, you know, if there's I don't know, like a slaughter scene or there's a you know, horse beheaded or whatever, fair enough. But there's a there is a limit, and that limit is uh, is crossed a few times. Mm-hmm. Well, so, there yeah. you go. There you go. I'm sure there'll be some more in the next one that we do. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing for the next hour. I'm oh. going to be scroll, scrolling through these 120 pages pour, of mate, reviews. Pour yourself a drink, <laughs> sit back, and it's you will be entertained. Trust me. So if you if you hear me pop up and say, "Have you heard this one?" Then you, you know what I'm doing. <laughs> and if it, if you see one and it's like you're going to talk about in the future, just write down as well because that's you know it's a proper one. Mm. Or we could yeah. just make our own up as we go along. Which me and Tina do well. We're watching stuff now. Anyway, we'll just something will come on. I forget what it was the other night. It was something really random, and it, one of us. It sounds fucking insane, but one of us will just hear vegan alert. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> While we're watching a film or a TV show, crazy. Anyway, moving on. Meat and potatoes, mate. We're actually here to the meat and potatoes at last. Uh, not the meat and two veg. vegan alert? You just mentioned meat. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> listeners. We should have had <laughs> vegan alert before then. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start off with a YouTube channel recommendation. Not often Ooh. we do this. Uh, it's a guy... I just discovered it. I forget how I even discovered them. Sometimes it's like recommended for you, isn't it? Like that, the way that it works. Anyway, the YouTube channel for you to search for is Bo Miles. B E. A-U, Bo Miles, an Australian guy. And he's not very prolific with his outputs, three a year, something like that. But fuck me, they are so good. To begin with, he's Australian, which for me, you're fucking cool anyway if you're Australian, you know. You, the the language that they do, the whole attitude to life. I love Australians and Australia, even though I've never been there. And so some examples I've watched. Some The first one that I watched is uh, he ate his own body weight in beans and i think it took him about 40 days and at the end of this he'd got a 50k ultra marathon to run so he bought tins of baked beans uh mexican beans black beans mixed beans he took all the wrappers off them it was just plain tins and he lived off them and he tracked what was happening to himself might sound a bit boring. Trust me, it isn't. Such an engaging guy. Really engaging. <laughs> All I can imagine is a fucking scene from Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. He does fart on camera, of course. <laughs> and then he does the 50K run. I saw another one. He does... Here you go. I mean, this will really interest you as well, because he does a lot of running as well. Yeah. Uh, he runs along this old, uh, oh, God, abandoned railway track and stuff that happens along there is really good. He does a 24-hour marathon, and the way that he does it is he runs... I think it's like you've run three miles in the first hour, take an hour off, 
run a mile, take an hour off, and do that all the way through the day. Run an hour. Uh, run an hour. Run a mile, um, and then do an hour of whatever jobs. And he did a massive list of jobs that he needed doing, that some that had been there for years, some that were just really, you know, hang a picture on a wall and he's put it off. And he does so much during that day. Thing about it, mate, is him. He makes the videos. Really entertaining, funny, engaging. Uh, I'm really looking forward to watching the rest. So, yeah, Bo Miles on YouTube is a good one. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've just subscribed to him now. Good man. Awesome. Like I said, you know, he doesn't do loads and you can soon go through them and catch up, but you're in for some really good viewing. Really good viewing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Surprise, surprise, documentaries next. Uh, Unless, have you got any television? We normally go TV next, don't we? I I do. I've got a couple of TV shows. Go for the um, TV then, mate. Okay, so... um, with binge watching being the thing, uh, particularly at the moment, having a little bit more time on your hands. So, Kay, and again, I've said this before, like, you know, I can watch TV shows, you know, but if they're too violent or if the, you know, like Game of Thrones, so for example, use that as an example. Kay watched the first series and then she turned off from it because it was too violent. It was too too much for her. She just lost interest um, and things like that. So I have to sort of like try and, find out what is going to work for both of us do you know what i mean so mm. like the good place um we recently finished that and that was great i mean i know you said that uh you'd watched the last series and it was it just it, everything fit into place it just felt like the right ending to you know so we love the good place mm. um so now she will watch some things with a bit of violence uh and i guess sexual content but nothing that's too much too over the top do you know what i mean so yeah. I'm, I'm sort of putting up there that Game of Thrones is the top end scale of violence and, you know, sex and all that kind of stuff. The sex, she doesn't mind too much, but, you know, um, but uh, so it's trying to find that balance, isn't it? Well, anyway, everybody has been talking about for some time now, uh, Killing Eve. Have you watched that? Any of those at all? I think Tina's seen them all, but. You know me and TV, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's it wouldn't be your thing necessarily, but um, yeah, I can imagine Tina kind of sitting down and, and watching them. Do you know what she thinks about them? Uh, well? yeah, she ever said? Pretty sure that she really enjoyed it. Yeah, so um, there's three series. There's uh, the third one is is on at the moment, and they're releasing episodes every Monday. And um, but we we burnt through the, uh, the you know series one and two, which is on. BBC iPlayer at the moment, and um, th- so it's it's about this, um, uh, if you like, investigator stroke analyst, you know, who works for the British government, and she gets drawn into this uh, investigation about this uh, assassin who is flamboyant and kills people in interesting ways, and so it's about tracking her, and and she's. So the the investigator is played by Sandra O, oh and the um, uh, the, the, the hit person you know uh, assassin is played uh, by Jodie Comer uh, who plays a character called Villanelle and Sandra O oh is Eve and it, it and it's it's all about their relationship as it kind of develops now what I would say about it is it's it is funny it's entertaining it's darkly funny um it reminds me a lot of Dexter which I think you may have watched a few of those episodes when I that came I, out yeah I think I watched three episodes <laughs> again yeah. Tina loved that as well yeah, so like we like that as well, and uh, that was again similar in terms of its theme. You know, darkly funny, um, like quite brutal in places. But um, 
I think that what makes it are the performances and and the you know the script. It's it is really funny and it's really sharp. The acting's really good in it. The performances. I mean, everybody focuses on Jodie Comer, who's in real life a Scouse. You know, got a really thick Scouse accent. If you ever hear her, mm-hmm. there's like interviews of her on um, Graham Norton and other TV shows. She's a bit like Stephen Graham. You know, who's got a really thick Scouse accent, but can just turn on yeah. a different accent like that. You know what I mean? She plays a Russian in this, and uh, but then she can speak other languages. You know, she'll speak, she'll be Portuguese, she'll be French, she'll be Italian. You know, she'll she'll just switch between accents like Russian and British, like posh British, and it's it's really fascinating to watch. You know, kind of how it happens, and it's really good. It's really cool. Um, but then, so she she kind of steals the um, if you like the the scene initially because her character is killing people you know what i mean and she's funny about it and she's kind of you know it's about kind of figuring out her psyche and everything else that goes with that but then sandra o is really kind of good in it as well but in a quieter way but as the series progresses you know you can see and their relationship starts to develop you know uh and and um how things happen and plots twist and and all that kind of stuff uh it is good. It's really good. It's not the best TV show I've ever watched. You know, I, I, some people are sort of like going mental over it and everything. And it it is very good, but it's more sort of it's not. I, I always hold the wire as, as the the sort of the gold standard for TV shows. You know, in terms of intricate plots and mm-hmm. character developments and characters and acting and all that kind of stuff. I always ho- hold that as high in there. You no, know, Breaking Bad to a certain extent, although that felt a little bit soap opera in places and you know but anyway but there's there's all that but this is really good it's just entertaining it's 40 minutes and 42 minutes an episode and you can just kind of you know you it's not you don't have to pay really close attention to it in as much as that's what i'm saying it's kind of that's the difference it's more entertainment as opposed to you know like um uh, you know, kind of a really serious kind of piece. Um, it, it it's good. It's really good. Um, Caroline uh, Fiona Shaw, who plays uh, Caroline Mertins, uh, she's like the the head of the department that's investigating the assassin. And everything. She's really good as well. You know, it's it's just full of really strong performances and a really funny, interesting storyline. Um, and it's it's yeah. Very good. So um, we're, we're watching that. Um, so we, I say, burnt through two uh, series, and we're now bang up to date. And uh, it's one of those where you know when you binge watch something, and then you you, you have to watch it as it happens, and it's like oh, <laughs> just want to watch them all. Yeah. Um, but no. So anyway, Killing Eve, really enjoying it. Uh, and then the I've talked about this before, but on Amazon Prime, um, there is a TV show called Bosch, uh, which I've mentioned. And uh, it stars Titus Welliver, uh, the sixth series at the moment. We um, watched, we've watched the first four and then we kind of had a bit of a break from it. They tend to release them every year. It's been going since 2014. Mm-hmm. And he plays a, a detective called Harry Bosch. Uh, former army veteran uh and you know he's a no-nonsense investigator they you know he's kind of nicknamed the grinder you know he kind of he will go through 
you know, evidence, you know, with a fine tooth comb, you know, over and over and over again. Um, but based on the books by Michael Connolly, and I've listened to uh, one or two of the books, and the, the way that the TV shows are structured is that they will take usually uh, two or three parts from separate books and kind of stitch them together. Um, so, but it, it, I mentioned The Wire earlier, earlier on. There are lots of actors that are, are, have been in The Wire, um, you know, and other HBO TV shows that are in this. So it's got that kind of seal of, you know, that stamp of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. We've, we've watched episode five. Uh, sorry, not episode, series five. We're on to series six now. And again, it's one of those that each episode is between 40, 40 to 50 minutes. It's it's not one that you can say, oh, it's for, you know, a set length. They tend to vary. But um, it's great, you know, that the performances are really, really strong. You know, it's it's probably, it's one of the best cop shows I've watched in, for a long time, you know, in terms of the um, the story, the, 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 the kind of, police procedural aspects of it but then the uh you know how it weaves other plot lines into the main story and then some they will fade off into the background but then they'll come back it's really dense and layered and then what i'm really enjoying about it is and you'd hate this because of not tv shows is that <laughs> the but the each series has a link to the next so you can kind of see how things develop you know and how maybe a small tiny little kind of incidental plot then weaves its way into the next series um it's really cool i really really enjoy it you know it's i love the character i love bosch like i said he's no nonsense um he's very driven in terms of what he does when he's investigating he's got a slightly softer side because he's got a daughter um but that doesn't come out very often he and I, what i love about uh the character and how he's portrayed is that um he's got like i said very strong sense of duty and honor and and solving things you know and writing wrongs and all that kind of stuff but i love that you know although he's a middle-aged man you know you wouldn't want to fuck with him because he is he's he's no nonsense and when he he turns it on and he's he acts threatening you totally believe it you yeah. know he's 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 great it really is and so uh again that's another one that we both enjoy watching um it's it's not sort of like one of those um like who done it kind of shows if you know what i mean like it's more of a police procedural and and that's why i said it sort of it it does feel like a bit like the wire in as much as you follow these characters and their, you know, relationships and everything that's going on. Um, so loving that it's, I can, I can only speak really highly of Bosch. I think it's great. Mm. And those are my two TV shows. Mm, excellent, mate. Excellent. You're into, uh, you've got loads. That's the thing with a TV show, isn't it? You've got like hours and hours of viewing there, haven't you? You know, you're never yeah. stuck for anything to watch. Yeah. And also um, Lance Reddick, who is one of those actors that you've seen in stuff, but you, you wouldn't necessarily know him by the name. He's, um, he has got the most amazing voice. Even my wife kind of goes a bit weak at the knees for his voice. <laughs> uh, he, I first saw him in Oz, which was a TV show, again, HBO, which was set in a prison. And, um, you know, so and and he's been in a number of things. He plays a character in Destiny. Um, I don't know which one it is, but he's one of the ones that you talk to, and he has got the most amazing voice. Um, and he was in The Wire, um, and he plays the chief in this. Uh, he's great. Yeah, it's it is it's a brilliant, brilliant TV show. Yeah. 
So that takes us back to what we were talking about a little bit ago with people down the front of the pants. So is that Kay while she's watching this then once he starts talking? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. She's and definitely... you too, I guess. Yeah, oh, God. I'm, oh, man. <laughs> if I could just – he's one of those – you know, he's got that voice uh, that you could – he'd read the phone book and you just – you know, you'd enjoy it. <laughs> it's very cool. But, yeah. Uh, documentaries, mate. I've got five, believe it or not. Well, yeah, it's easy to believe, I guess, with me, documentaries. Uh, all of them, really good. Uh, I want to start with one, uh, and this will also give you a, another YouTube recommendation. Mm. So the documentary is called Will Work for Views, The Lo-Fi Life of Weird Paul, 2017. All the documentaries, by the way, I'm pretty certain they're on Amazon Prime. I didn't write down while I was watching them, but I'm pretty sure they're all on there. So this follows Weird Paul, the titular Weird Paul, who is Paul Petrosky, a guy who at 13 years old, he's the original vlogger. He started when he was 13. It, his parents bought like an old school VHS camcorder and he just started making what we've come to see as just the norm nowadays of just people talking into a camera about whatever they love and putting it online, you know. He was doing it with no audience. He was just doing it for his own entertainment. I think he was like 13 years old, back in about 84, round about there, if I remember rightly. And I think it, so it follows him and his life, and he's still doing it now. So if you go to, so the YouTube channel is, of course, if you search for Weird Paul, it'll come up on there. I've subscribed to him. I've also subscribed to his Instagram channel because there's different content on there. Uh, I also follow him on Letterboxd as well because he watches some great stuff and he does some good reviews. The thing that come across for me is his passion, his enthusiasm, his love for, especially all things 80s as well, which ticks another box to do with me. He does the videos that he puts on YouTube. He still uses an old school camcorder. So they've mm. got like tracking lines across the bottom that's in 4-3 ratio. And, you know, it's, it's an old school editing. And... The documentary follows him. He's also a musician as well. And people will look, and the first thing, and he, by his own admission, they'll go, why, why have you got that bowl haircut? And he explains <laughs> yeah. he, has, he explains why he's, why he's got the haircut that he's got and what it means to him. Uh, and it's his mum that cuts his hair for him, still does, by the way. And, and you could look, he's got the name Weird Paul because so many people throughout his life have just called him weird and derided him. He got sort of, you know, the internet social media bullying before there was the internet and social media you know he was getting it in school um, but he stuck by what he loved doing and he still continues to do it and damn what people think and this shows uh, there's a couple of times during this where he does crack a little bit because the pressure and you know what people are saying about him and to him kind of get to him a little bit but he thinks fuck it you know i love doing this fuck you what you think of me it's my life i'm going to do what i love doing and all the more power to him for that. So I've been loving watching his YouTube videos and watching the stuff that is put on Instagram as well. And it's one of those heartwarming things where you think, I mean, we've got podcasting as a hobby that we do. And a lot of people are thinking, are you geeky fucks doing that? But we love it. You know, we're not going to stop doing it because somebody goes, well, it's a fucking hell, you nerdy twat doing podcasting. You're going, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and? you know and he's the same he just carries on doing what he does and he's been doing it like i say since about the mid early to mid 80s and i think he's brilliant i really do think he's brilliant and i think you should give him your support follow him on 
YouTube, on Instagram, have a look on Letterboxd. And if you do, say that, you know, we sent you there and wish him all the best. And watch this documentary. It's a really good starting point, is this documentary. We'll work for views, The Lo-Fi Life of Weird Paul. That's a good one. He's definitely still got a kid's haircut, hasn't he? Oh, I mean, yeah. As I'm just looking at his YouTube channel, which, again, I'll subscribe to. Um, but the thing is, it looks like there's a massive hit of nostalgia you know huge, looking at just absolutely oh, huge yeah just looking at some of the, the you know the covers he's got um he gets a lot of stuff sent into him from fans from viewers oh, really? from subscribers and a lot of it is from the 80s and some from the 70s some from the 90s but the big hit of it is from the 80s and i know you know a big part of the demographic of the people that listen to us you go stuff from the 80s in there they're going to be hitting subscribe so yeah if you've got any you know if you're if you want your nostalgia nipple tweaked uh, he, he tweaks them both <laughs> he tweaks both nostalgia nipples uh but he, yeah he's got to be about my age hasn't yeah he? i think he's close to yeah i think he's a, little, a few years older i think Is he's he? sort of, yeah i think he's late 40s now yeah mm-hmm. fair play i think that's the thing isn't it like i said at the beginning it doesn't matter what you do as long as you enjoy doing yeah, it exactly it doesn't matter what people think do you know what i mean it's no, uh not at all so well good for him mm, it's a good it's a good watch it is a really good watch it just make you feel good watching that yeah. Uh, another documentary from 2012 called Backyard Blockbusters. This is all about people. It's about homemade films. It's about people that it shows. I don't know if you remember, mate. You probably will. It was huge. And there was a fan-made Batman film that came on the internet before Batman Begins. Mm. Uh, and that got like the whole world going, wow, there could be a dark Batman, you know, because we were so used to the jokey ones still. You know, this is before Nolan took over the Batman franchise. Um, but it goes, it shows ones like that. The one I mentioned, oh, guys, a year, two years ago about a documentary all about a group of guys who made, remade Raiders of the Lost Ark shot for shot. Yeah. They're in it as well. There's other ones who really have the, you know, just grab a camcorder and make something. I mean, this took me back to the late 80s and into early 90s where, you know, I've talked before, we used to spend our weekends making films like this. Uh, it will send you, I promise you, it will send you on a YouTube rabbit hole finding these films and other fan-made films because there was stuff on there that I thought was fucking amazing. <laughs> I've watched them. I'd never heard of them before. And I went down this rabbit hole and I took a long journey down it and watching some amazing stuff. So yeah, if if you want to uh if you want to start <laughs> going down that journey that I did watch backyard blockbusters it's it's really good very very interesting but have have a pen and paper if you're old school or have you know your phone next to you to make a note because you will be making notes of stuff that you want to watch that's a good one there's yeah there's that one um mortal Kombat one which they did mm-hmm. which I, I don't know if you've seen that that's got michael j white in it as well it's uh, and it's it's brutal you know what i mean because like the mortal Kombat movie that came out which was okay but it wasn't really violent like the video games was it whereas the, the, this is like proper full-on <laughs> violence and it's really good yeah really cool yeah there's there's a lot out there mate you'd be surprised how many fan-made films are out there and how a lot of them are really bloody good. There's some absolutely hilarious ones as well. But uh, yeah, I don't want to give too many away. I'll let people find for themselves. And if you find any more, give us a tweet, give us an email. Let us know what you find. If you do go down that rabbit hole, um, mm-hmm. yeah, let us know. Third one, Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. 
Oh, we've talked about like this before, haven't we? Because um, what did he do? Did he he did hardware, didn't he? He did hardware, Dust Devil. Um, I my movie recommendation was it from Does... the previous entertainment show or the one before? New one, yeah, Colorado Space. That's uh, it with um, Nick Cage. Space, Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. a director of that. So of course, I knew that Island of Doctor Moreau had got a troubled production, and he was originally put in as the director. This is fascinating it is so good uh, and tells you everything that happens to it this stuff i was i was shocked i was stunned um i was scared a few times as well uh, really yeah oh you well for one you find out that um val kilmer's a bit of a cunt um, <laughs> <laughs> to begin with uh, it's great i mean this it's no secret of how richard stanley was kicked off it but there's great stories of how he got back on set without anybody noticing. And the story of the production of this movie, it's incredible how a movie finished in the first place. But to get Richard Stanley's view of it and footage from the time and other actors that were there, it's really, really good. Even if you've not seen Island of Dr. Moreau, this version, because there's quite a few versions of it been made yeah. over the years. Uh, even if you've not seen it, it will not spoil this documentary watch it and you'll enjoy it just as much and then you'll probably watch it and go i want to see the island of dr moreau now even though it's a shit film (laughs) yeah i remember it coming out and 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 reading about it in i think it was like empire magazine and it just got absolutely mauled by the critics didn't it yeah um but yeah and then was it john frankenheimer came on board yeah uh to sort of take it but yeah there was i mean val kilmer's been talked about for years hasn't he as being a difficult person to Mm. work with and all that kind of stuff but um talking about like reviews going back to what i was saying earlier on about you know you know all the reviews that are on the website one of the first reviews that uh well it was one two it was the fourth review in fact uh was the um the island of dr moreau that from 1977 so i respect that a a tenuous link not i mean you know not that i'm obsessed with our website or anything like that (laughs) but um i can pretty much tell you you know what we've reviewed it is your mastermind subject the website of 60 minutes with yes (laughs) it's your specialist subject yes no it is it's really good mate like i said no matter if you've seen the film or not watch it it's a it's a great documentary into all the shenanigans that goes on uh, in probably more than one film production you know but this is an extreme view of what what can go wrong so it's good mm. excellent uh if i said to you mate the miami show band would that mean anything to you uh no i, I was no. thinking gloria estefan at, mm, that's the miami uh, sound machine. machine yeah, yeah but no no didn't mean anything to me i'm sure listeners in ireland i'm sure colin listens to us i'm sure you'll go oh yeah i know them i know them there's a documentary uh, 2019 it's called remastered the miami show band massacre and it's about something that happened in 1974 and this is during you know the troubles in northern ireland you know when there was there was lots of bombings going on everywhere the ira and you know, all sorts of factions were involved in it and it's about this uh, irish band who were apparently huge over there called the miami show band and it's about what happened to them i, I don't want it's one of those i don't want to give too much away because it's sort of there's things that happen as it goes along it just sort of leaks little bits to you drip feeds your stuff and each time it drip feeds you something different it's one of those where you're going fucking hell it's one of those and um so when it gets to the climax when you go in fucking hell it's it's good uh it's 
it's a it's a little bit down because of the very subject matter and you know dark days then in you know in ireland and northern ireland anyway and there's all these bombings and killings going on it's a really interesting story considering that me nor tina knew anything about the miami show band we were gripped by it it's one of those that that grips you right until the end um and yes yeah, one you're probably gonna have to get the tissues out as well it's a little bit emotional in places especially mm. one particular guy and his story and what happens and the way that his life has gone it just shows you that you know you don't you've got you've got your life and then just in the split second your life that you thought you got planned just goes off at the whole 90 degree angle in the direction that you've got no idea about it's really good mate very very good mm. Oh mm. wow! You've been hitting the do documentaries oh, you hard again. No, me and documentaries, mate. Um, <laughs> the last one, and it's my it's my documentary recommendation, um, and it's Jane. It's just called Jane from 2017, and it's a documentary. And again, this is somebody. If I say the name to you, Jane Goodall, would that mean anything? Mm, no, no, didn't to me either. But it's it's um, she's she's a scientist uh, who works primarily with primates and it she was being filmed back in i think it was the early 60s and she went to this island and was studying these chimps and this was um this was way back when when you know women didn't do that sort of things and you know it's, she was a pioneer of what she did and there is oh there's some brilliant footage of her from like during the early 60s it follows her life and she was like in her mid-20s then uh, maybe early 20s so there's some great, I think, I don't know, it's eight mil footage um, of, of her and it shows her journey all the way through. But it's intercut with her now. And she's, I think she's like in her late 80s now. Mm. So it intercuts between the two. So you see her, you know, as like, you know, say 24 for the sake of argument. And then it, late 80s. Her life, mate, is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And the stuff that she did, the stuff that she saw the sacrifices that she had to make to follow her dream and do what she wanted to do. And there is this one heartbreaking bit in this. Um, vegan alert. <laughs> to do with the chimps. <laughs> to do with the chimps. I was like, I was almost like in bits. I was going, oh, fucking hell no. Uh, yeah, Be careful kids watching it just for the sake of... It's nature, you know, shit happens in nature, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it doesn't sugarcoat it. But it's about her and what she did. Uh, and she, she is such a good person and has had such an amazing life that I was... I, I'm going to watch it again, you know. It's one of those that I thought this was so good. And yeah, just it's a bit of a pain to search for because if you're putting it into, into a search engine and you just put Jane... It'll come up, you know, with actresses' names and all this yeah, kind of bollocks. Yeah. You know, it is hard to find. Um, so if you put, like, Jane Goodall documentary or whatever, and it was made in 2017, that that's my documentary recommendation of this episode, mate. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I know I don't watch that many documentaries, but obviously I hear them from, from you. Um, but it's great to... You know, if it wasn't for sort of somebody, you know, documenting this somebody's life, that kind, you, we people wouldn't necessarily mm. know about them, would they? You know what I mean? I think that's what's brilliant about documentaries is that you get to find out about people that you wouldn't necessarily or normally yeah, have heard about, exactly. Which I think is amazing. You know. Yeah, it is. It's it's really good. It's got everything. This one has. It's got everything. I was just glued to the screen all the way through. It's only you know ninety minutes. Doesn't outstay its welcome, and um, it's it's got everything that you want in the documentary. 
Shall we... Fabulous. ...move on to movies? And I, uh, I'll have listened to you for a bit now, then, right? Yeah. So, um, just... I'll, I'll, I'll go through these very quickly, then, because... Last time, time we did a show, I've sort of been talking about uh, watching films with my daughter. You know, mm. my, she's seven years old now. She's coming up to eight uh, in June. So kind of can sit down and watch a f- sort of like a bit more grown up stuff with her. Not, not like fucking Terminator or Robocop or <laughs> Evil Nightmare Dead. Get her on Evil Dead, man. <laughs> Things that I would have watched when I was uh, her age. Um, but, you know, <laughs> but sort of like stuff that I guess introducing her to films that you know like the marvel films and and things like that do you know what i mean i think she's old enough now that she can she can watch stuff like that mm. so we've we've been going through a lot of films that from from the 90s really you know the uh like jurassic park you know we we watched that together the other day and i haven't seen jurassic park properly since i first watched it at the cinema back in 1993 oh wow and uh, so I've, I've seen bits of it, you know, when it's on TV, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll watch clips and stuff. And I've seen the sequels. I haven't seen the most recent one. Um, but, you know, uh, the original Jurassic Park is such a brilliant movie. It really is. It's, you know, and the thing is, it's not it, it moves along at a really nice pace as well. And the characters in it, the you know, the performances in it. Are, it's such a good film. And I think it's probably one of the, you know, most favorite films that we've sat down together as a family and watch because it held her attention and it's dinosaurs and dinosaurs are cool. Mm. Dinosaurs are cool when I was a kid, you know, uh, still remember my mom taking me for my swimming lessons. And then we go to the toy shop and she'd buy me a dinosaur, you know, and uh, uh, Triceratops was always my favorite. But anyway, but you know, so that was amazing. And the effects are still really good. And you just think back to how revolutionary that was, you know, you can see a little bit now, obviously, but it's still, and I think what makes that film work so well is the mixture of practical effects and digital effects, you know, because there was a lot of practical stuff on the, on the sets, you know, with the Raptors, mm-hmm. you know, when they, when they see that Triceratops and it's, it's ill, you know, it's a mo- it's, it's a model, you know, it's, it's not a CG. And I think that's where we've said this before. I'm not against CG at all. You know, there's some amazing CG stuff, but when you can mix it and match it with the practical, yeah. it helps to trick your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if it's just constant CG, it, it, you kind of lose, you know, you get lost in it a little bit. Um, so that's good. We've uh, watched Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, that's, that's a you know, still a good entertaining movie. Hmm. Um, not as, you know, kind of uh, good as, as, but again, she enjoyed it. Uh, Men in Black, that's a, a oh, wow. cracking film as well, you know. And again, because it's Aliens, so yeah. uh, introducing it to that. Um, the Mask we watched, that's oh, God, not I've aged. Oh, I've seen that in ages. Yeah, that, that's not aged as well, but it's still daft, you know what I mean? And then, obviously, seeing Cameron Diaz, that, that entrance. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember that, uh, bit, yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't watch this with her, but we re-watched Twister. That's good fun, you know oh, what I mean? I love Twister. Um, and, and so then we've watched a few other sort of like kids films, I guess, which we class them as kids films on, um, Disney plus. So Christopher Robin, um, that, you know, that's a really nice, charming, heartwarming tale about Winnie the Pooh, a bit more gentle than say Jurassic Park, but you know what I mean? Hmm. Still, still good fun. Um, and what's the other one we watched? Uh, oh God, the, re- the remake or reboot, if you want to call it that of Pete's Dragon. No. 
I've seen Pete's Dragon, the original one from, it's got to be the 60s, maybe once or twice. You know, it's got a mixture of animated and real action, real life action people. Um, I'm sure the original's got Michael Crawford in it and he's kind of, doesn't he play like a a dastardly kind of person trying to capture the dragon and, and all that. And I just remember that it was really trippy as kind of like a lot of the, you know, um, animation stuff was from the 60s you know mm. the disney stuff where it mixed real life actors and and as an animation um i'm sure there was like a scene where he was taking acid i could be wrong anyway uh maybe I made that up in my own head but so the, the reboot of pete's dragon he's on disney plus and it's got carl urban in it i'll watch him in anything pretty much <laughs> um and uh does he say expect- does he say cunt in this a lot like he does in the boys <laughs> unfortunately not unfortunately. damn I know, I'd have loved that. Um, <laughs> but it's so, you know, it's about this boy who gets lost in a, the woods uh, when he's a kid and then, you know, discovers the dragon. And then it's about him discovering a family and then the dragon being in danger and, you know, because people want to capture it and this, that, and the other. Oh my God, this film is traumatic. Um, for a kid's <laughs> film, it's one of those that kind of. It's it's my daughter's E.T. And, and I always tell that story when I've never watched E.T. apart from the first time I watched it <laughs> yeah. when I was in the cinema because it traumatized me because I just remember crying all the way through it, you know. And this is my daughter's E.T. because <laughs> at, at the end of it, we were just crying. You know, we were all crying and she was traumatized. She was crying. She was in floods of tears. I mean, it's, it's an oh enjoyable God. enough movie. But... <laughs> <laughs> I just say to people, just be mindful. If you watch it with kids, bloody hell, it 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 is. You know, it's a sad film. That's all I'm oh going to say. Oh my god! I um, said I think it was. Oh, it must have been in an early entertainment show where I talked about taking my daughter to the cinema to see The Fault in Our Stars, and where um, I was like the only adult in there and there was all these I don't know, like young teens she'd have been a young teenager at the time and just by the end of it i have never had an experience of being sat in a cinema surrounded by so many prepubescent teenage girls crying their eyes out it was oh my god mm. <laughs> yeah yeah so i've got a lot to come but anyway I, because i'm listening to um arnold schwarzenegger's autobiography mm, yeah uh, which is great. I don't, have you listened to it? Have you heard it or read it? Or, I haven't. Um, no, no, not yet. Yeah, it's really good. It's like 20 odd hours long. So it's, um, you know, early days of bodybuilding, growing up. Um, and I've learned a lot that I didn't know about Arnold Schwarzenegger, like particularly like he worked his ass off, you know, from an early age. And, and his dreams uh, were what he achieved. You mm. know, that that's he set his mind to it and that's what he wanted to do, you know. and um, And obviously listening to the movie stuff is... Uh, really the the most interesting part for me because that's you know I loved Arnie sort of growing up as a kid and talking about watching inappropriate movies when I was a child Commando was one of my favorites um, because it's just it's comic book violence really isn't it let's be honest would I sit down and and watch let my seven-year-old watch it (laughs) is another question yeah bloody hypocrite (laughs) (laughs) but um but anyway so it occurred to me I've never watched Twins um, oh my god which is crazy but the thing is my kind of justification for it is because i've always liked action arnie i've never yeah. really been particularly fond of 
comedy Arnie. So I've never watched Junior. I've never watched Kindergarten Cop. Uh, you know. Hell. So so movies like that. If, uh, we watched. Um, oh God, what's the Christmas one? Uh, Jingle All the Way. Classic, we did watch that yeah. last Christmas uh, because you know I'd never watched it and mm. it was a Christmas movie. So I've always avoided those films, but because. I found this out from the book uh, that Twins is his most profitable film ever because he negotiated the contract where basically he didn't get paid for the film, but he would get paid for, um, you know, if the film was successful and the film was successful. But then not just that, the film has been continued to be successful because he gets money Mm -hmm. from whenever it's shown on, you know, TV, Netflix, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So, um, it, you know, it's his most profitable movie. Um, and the thing is, uh, I was really surprised how good he is in it, you know, in terms of his comedy, because he's, he's kind of like a child. He's like very naive. Danny DeVito is the, 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 the wise cracking kind of, uh, you know, kind of, um, I suppose because he's known for his comedy, isn't he? Danny DeVito. Yeah. But they 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 work so well together. It's a really sweet film. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's and Arnie is great in it, you know. And and considering, you know, I suppose he'd he'd done a fair bit by then, but he was still relatively early on into his career. You know, to do a performance like that was was great. And and I think I appreciate it more because, like I said sort of hearing some of the anecdotes about how the film was made and, and how, you know, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But it's a really sweet film and really enjoyed that. So um, just kind of revisiting a lot of films from, you know, from the 80s and 90s, but enjoy, enjoying them, even though I've seen them, watching them through renewed like yeah. eyes. Watching isn't, them through my, isn't it great my, that? That's one of the good things about having kids, isn't it, is that you can do that. And it is like watching it for the first time, seeing revisiting all the stuff with your kids is amazing. Yeah, so I'm I mean, I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching um The Lord of the Rings with uh uh although my wife is like she's way too young for that because not the violence aspect of it, but it's three fucking hours, you know, and <laughs> she's gonna oh, yeah. sit there for three hours. I mean, so we've been watching Marvel films and stuff like that and um she generally likes them uh but what's she like watching films at home then is she is she one that gets really engaged with them or does she like reach for a a second screen no we'd um so i'm well i'm a bit of a grumpy sod (laughs) when it comes to so i you know like if i'm watching a film i'm watching a film yeah me too um so it's like you know and you can tell when she's not really that bothered because i don't you know i've one of the, you know, the the the, the most enjoyable things I, I experienced uh, with her growing up was going to the cinema with her, and the, I still remember the first time I took her to the cinema, oh, and magical, her, yeah. that experience was was amazing. And so, I expect some talking because she's a kid, you know, yeah, and kids yeah. talk, you know. So I'm not like, shut up and stop talking, until it gets to a point where it's constant yap. J- you know, yabbering on and, and going on. So like, do and you want to watch the And then yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. Come on. I'm <laughs> uh, trying to watch the film here. Um, and so, but no, it's like, so I expect it to a certain degree, but then when she's talking through the films, like that's kind of cool as well. So mm. she doesn't go, uh, you know, she, we don't sort of like let her have the iPad or whatever whilst we're watching a film. Mm. If we're sitting to, together as a family watching a film, we sit together. Yeah, the challenge that we've got is that we have to tailor the films as well because we've got a three-year-old. So mm. it's 
then like the three-year-old will say, like Sophie will say, do you want to play dolls? Oh, you know what I mean? Sort of halfway through the film. Um, but then that's fine. Cause again, we sort of said, well, should we sit down and watch Twister? You know, it's about like, uh, you know, uh, tornadoes and all that kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a, a disaster movie and all that. And it's selling yeah, it to her. There's a cow uh, flying through the air. Yeah, yeah, there's trucks flying through the air, there's all sorts. And she tuned out really quickly, to be honest <laughs> with you. But the thing is, and I can understand that, because the, it's not constant action. The last sort of 45 minutes of that film is constant. Um, and it's spattered throughout with, you know, kind of bits and pieces of destruction. Mm-hmm. But that's that's really good. Lovely to see Bill Paxton on screen. I just, you know, it's a shame that he's not with us any yeah, longer. Yeah, it is. But, uh, yeah, and particularly as well, like leading the film I, I mean i wrote a little review on letterboxd about that and it kind of always it just reminded me of backdraft in as much as the you know that both fairly light on story but they've both got a brilliant uh ensemble cast with really strong lead performances and the actors make the most out of the material with sincere performances and they also managed to make the elements you know the sort of like obviously it's the tornado or whatever it, it and, and it's the, the fire in backdraft. They make, they give them personalities, almost making them like part of the film. Like with the sound effects of the, you know, the, the, the twister coming in, makes it sound like it's a real thing, like it's really threatening yeah. and yeah. really sort of like you know it's destructive. And they do that with the sound in it is great. So, um, but there you are. Those are the sort of the older films. I'll talk a little bit about some of the well. Can I talk about a few for a few dollars more? Seeing as you've released a yeah, clean, yeah, I'd love to hear I mean, what you think. God, yeah. you're like fucking prolific with those now, considering you didn't release one for months on end. That's um, it. it was like it's like when you're constipated. Once you got the first, you know, the first big bit out, the rest comes out pretty easy. I know. It? So I'm. Uh, I watch this. I'm, I've said to you before that I'm not a particularly um, into westerns as such. Um, I've watched a few, and I like some of them, like Tombstone comes to mind as one of them um you know so things like that and i've seen unforgiven once um but clint eastwood obviously you're focusing on mm-hmm. a lot uh and but the earlier stuff the 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 so and i'm what watching these as you're releasing the shows so uh, as I said, there was a bit of pause, you know. <laughs> you did have a bit of a gap between fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more. And That's between it. for a few dollars more and the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah, but so anyway, I watched for a few dollars more because the um, a fistful of dollars was the first one, wasn't it? Mm, really, yeah. really enjoyed that. It, uh, you know, but the thing with that was it, it felt familiar because there's been, it, you know, that was a remake, wasn't it? And then uh, that that that's been remade um so you know it kind of the story with that was familiar but it was still really good really enjoyed it but for a few dollars more felt um like new to me obviously because it's it's kind of like a story that i'm not necessarily familiar with um and the introduction of lee van cleef who is cool uh as anything in it um and it's it's just it was it was a really great film. I really enjoyed it. The music's great, um, and I, I can now understand why that trilogy of movies is such is revered as it is. You know, yeah. because they are great and um, just iconic. You know, the the music, the the, the performances, some of the shots in it. You know, that it's just you know it, it's brilliant. It's really dark as well. Like mm-hmm. the the bad guy, and it's a fucking twat. He's really. <laughs> Vicious, uh, you know, uh, particularly when he sort of 
captures one of the people that sort of got him sent down and then orders his wife and kid yeah. outside Shoot, to be so. shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but it's it's brilliant. It really is. And I've got the the good, the bad and the ugly is on Paramount, uh, one of the channels that we've got. Uh, so I've got that recorded. Uh, so I'm going to, but that's like three hours long. I didn't realise yeah, yeah. how long that was. Yeah, if it's um, the extended cut, it'll be just over three hours. Yeah, so uh, that I've got that. But I mean, I was going to buy it anyway. Um, in fact, I signed up to MGM, which is one of the one on of Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to Amazon. That's the thing that it's it annoys me a little bit is that they splinter off all the different yeah. studios, and so. you have to then sort of like subscribe to them, don't you? But anyway, so I was subscribed. To, they did like a fourteen day free trial, so um, you know they've got all the MGM movies. So, but for a few dollars more, was on there. So, but I really loved it. I thought it was great. And the th- what I love about this the clink cast you know it's it's obviously going to evolve with the introduction of some of the more modern movies should Mm. we say that clint was in but the 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 westerns i'm really enjoying discovering that that genre um and it's great you know it's it's something that i've I've not really experienced before, but I'm loving it. It's, yeah, it's, it's good with the Clint cast. It's like with the Dollars trilogy. These are films I've seen so many times. Mm. In fact, all of Clint Eastwood films I've seen loads of times, but the Dollars trilogy especially so. But with doing like the research for the Clint cast shows, I'm finding out so much that's I'm going. Well, I never knew that. I never knew that. So it's really interesting for mm. me to revisit them still as well and watch them again and then find out all this new stuff. Just adds another another layer to them all. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about the like the Arnie documentary. Is like if you know some of the stories behind the mm-hmm. film, it just makes you appreciate it a little bit more. You know. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'll, I, I've rabbited on for a little bit. So I do have a couple more movies to talk about. But uh, you go ahead. Okay. Well, I've got three. I'll go through quickly and then I'll okay. um, I'll hand it back over to you. Uh, well, you talked about crying before with uh, everybody sat there crying. Yeah, me and Tina were a bit like that the other night as well. Uh, because, well, we both, I think most people know by now, both me and Tina both lost our dads when we were at an early age. And so we decided, yeah, we'll watch, we'll watch Onward, which is a Pixar movie. Ah, mm. yeah, I've heard about I'm waiting yeah. for that to appear on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, yeah it's available shall we say the usual, <laughs> the usual. uh and it is so it's set in this mystical world of you know it's all these fantasy creatures of like elves and goblins and so on and it begins in this world where magic was prevalent and then as time's gone on and technologies come in much like today where the magic disappears and they're all sat on their asses and they forget that magic existed in the world uh so it's about these two brothers who are elves and their their dad's dead but through a series of events, they get the chance to spend some time with him. He can come back for one more time and they've got 24 hours to get him. So if it took an hour to do it, they'd have 23 hours spent with him before he disappeared. So they get one one last chance to be with you know their dead dad and say what they... Because one of them, the youngest one, wasn't born when he died. Um you know, his his mum was pregnant and when his his dad died. So he's like, oh, God, OK. And uh, so it's it's so good. There's loads of really good action in it. There's, there's pathos in it. There's humour in it. There's a lot of emotion in it. And and it's time's ticking on. And, oh, the end's a killer, especially for me and Tina. It was like, oh, my God, I was just thinking of a dad's, like, watching it. Mm. But it was one 
Uh, and I don't know what the reviews were like for it. I'm just looking, uh, I'm just gonna look on IMDb now. It's a 7.5, which is, yeah, it's good. It's Pixar though, really, isn't it? Uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. We thought it was great. We were just locked into it all the way. And uh, yeah, I don't think, I'm just thinking of you and uh, Lucy and Sophie watching it. I don't think there's any big, big scares or mass. I think the, the emotion comes from, I think it's mostly if you're an, you're an older viewer and you've lost a parent and you can relate to the story that, you know, these two characters are going on. I think that's where the big emotional kick comes in. Mm. Uh, and, you know, you might shed a few tears while you're watching it. But it's good. Uh, again, the voice acting is always impeccable in Pixar, isn't it? You've got Tom Holland as the younger kid. Uh, your stunt double, Chris Pratt, as the voice of the older kid. Uh, and so I'm there. And Tina said she was especially made up with, with Chris Pratt. She said, oh, my God, his voice acting absolutely suits the character to a T in it. And, uh, yeah, it's all the usual Pixar magic is in it, and it, it's really good. But like I say, if you know, if you have lost a parent, <clears throat> and especially at an early age, then you know, would normally be natural. I think it has. It just adds a little bit of oh my god, this is mm. this is so good. Yeah. Uh, another one, another animated one. Actually, this is from 2014, and we bought this on Blu-ray, and we've had it sat there for ages, and we thought, okay, let's have a look at this. Song of the Sea. Um, it's. And again, it's a bit of an emotional one. This one, this is about, um, well, here's the, it's an 8.1 on IMDb in the synopsis. Very short one. Ben, a young Irish boy, and his little sister. Oh, I never know how to say this. Colm's going to kill me in Ireland. Saucy? Saucy? S-A-O-I-R-S-E. Yeah. No, I'm going to put Everybody knows. I'm fucking hopeless with names. Anyway, she's a girl who can turn into a seal. Reasons are explained. Uh, go on an adventure to f to free the fairies and save the spirit world. Oh, wow. this again, magical! It looks incredible. It looks like a series of absolutely beautiful uh, digital art paintings just flowing from one to another. The sound on it is brilliant. The score in it and the whole soundscape of the movie. Especially if you've got, you know, you've got surround sound system is just amazing. Really, really good. One of those, oh, it just takes you away on a journey before you know it. The end credits are running and it's over. And it was just so good. Song of the Sea 2014 is a good one. Is it, would it make, is it? Is it something I could watch with the kids? Would they get a cry? Or, um, I can't, obviously, you know, you can't. Well, this one, well, after... after is it really emotional? Or? It is a bit, yeah, because after Onward, where it's on about there's two kids and the and the dad's dead. Well, in this one, there's two kids and the mum's dead. So, right. Okay. You know, pick and choose which dead parent you want, really. It's <laughs> there's a good double bill. Here's one and it's about thinking your dad dying and here's another one and now your mum's dead. Enjoy, kids. Uh, but two two really good films. I think they'd be okay with it because of the stuff that happens. That you know she can t she can swim underwater and breathe underwater and talks to seals and there's all these magical creatures come into it. It, it and it looks. I mean you you've got a good 4K TV as well. Uh, this you know this wasn't a 4K Blu-ray, but it it looks so good and sounds mm. good and the story. I mean it's all about the story and the story is really good. Uh, finally, and I'm just going to go through this quickly just in case uh, anybody 
didn't listen to episode 250, which was the Decade of Decadence show, because I did talk about it on there, but just for the people that don't listen to the Decade of Decadence, the mad bastards. Uh, there is a review also on our website of it. It's that good. I wrote a review on the website. I talked about it on Decade of Decadence. And just to make sure everybody knows about, I'm going to say it here, 1985, uh, Arrow released the Blu-ray of White Fire. Or could it be 1984? Uh, and anyway... Robert Ginty, The Exterminator. Fred Williamson, who we've had an interview show with. It's it's one of those, and I say in the review, Samurai Cop, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, um, Shotgun, Jim Carter, Strike of the Panther, films like that, if they mean anything to you and, and you enjoy them, just buy White Fire immediately. It's got, it's got nudity, it's got stunts gone badly wrong, where one of them, the director, thinks, oh, I'll get on screen, because apparently he don't, he's axing every film that he's in. Unbeknownst to him, he nearly gets fucking roasted with a massive flamethrower and a flame explosion gone wrong, um, of which there's a second flame <laughs> fire stunt towards the end of the film that goes badly wrong. And they keep it in the film, of course. Uh, you've got Robert Ginty, who full-on like wants to shag his sister his sister in it has been swimming naked this will give you a clue if you want to watch it so robert ginty is there his sister swimming in a pool naked she comes out of the pool wraps a towel around herself robert ginty snatches the towel away from her there's about a minute scene of him just like looking and drooling at her naked body and then going sure is a pity you're my sister it's what <laughs> Oh, so then, then he has another woman, for reasons I'm not going to tell, he has another woman who has major plastic surgery, so she looks exactly like his sister, for the sake of this plot that's going on, and then he shags her, and it's like, she's a double of his sister, he's like, oh, he's giving her tits a good squeeze first, and looking at her, <laughs> and then he's fucking her, and it's like, oh my god, what am I watching? And then on the extras, the director's saying... Well, all these people who are thinking it's there's incest in it, there's no incest in it. I'm thinking I'm calling bullshit on that, mate. I really am. It's it's one of those 1980s low budget bonkers action movies that if you love that, and the titles that I said you know a few minutes ago, just buy it. It's amazing. There. Mm. And I read, read the review. Go, did you read the review? <laughs> and I thought this looks like a film I've got to watch. Here you go. It sounds amazing. Th this is a this is the last thing I'll say about it. So Tom, you know, we, everybody knows Tom, co-host the show, Decade of Decadence. Uh, he read my review. He got to the bit. Now I say I list films, and I say if those films mean anything to you, read no further. Just go and buy the Blu-ray. He didn't read any further into my review. Not only did he go and pre-order the Blu-ray, to be able to do that, he cancelled his order of Parasite, <laughs> the Oscar-winning film Parasite, and changed it to White Fire. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Awesome. He said he's going to get Parasite with his next pay packet, um, and he is more than happy that he's now got White Fire. <laughs> so that, Brilliant. I think, yeah, I think that says everything about it, mate. Awesome. Mm. Just circling back, I love that John Ratzenberger is uh, still doing voices for the Pixar stuff. I love that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I looked to see if he did a voice in um, uh, in Onward, and he and he is. He's still there. Yeah. Because uh, he's in all of them, isn't he? You know, he's, all, he's in all of the, the Pixar stuff. 
Uh, it's and weird because I, I got up at really early one of the mornings on Channel Four. They're showing reruns of Cheers, so I'm watching a few oh, episodes God. of Cheers. What a brilliant show that is! And yeah. you know, just remember watching that with my mom um, on Channel Four. I think it's like at ten o'clock or whatever it used, we used to come on, and we used to love watching that. And then there's like the, the, the there was a series of shows that we'd watch, sort of like that were on at nine o'clock, ten o'clock. So there'd be a Touch of Frost, um, The Equalizer. Uh, Golden Girls, Hail and Pace, you know, there'd be those kind of like <laughs> Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night shows that we'd we'd always sit down and watch together. Um, but yeah, so, and and you know, fair play to him, he's he's still in all of those those um, those Pixar movies. I love that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? He's got such a good voice as well. Yeah. Um, shall I jump in? I've got a couple. Yeah, of yeah. You finish off the movies. I'm I'm just shot all my movie load everywhere oh, now i've got none left okay so um right first one then is rocket man have you watched this mm-hmm. uh, with uh taron edgerton yeah. who plays uh, elton john so this is a story of elton john basically it's uh you know from his childhood to becoming a superstar and everything in between and all that kind of stuff so won't go too much into the story but um i should say that we, we both really enjoyed it you know it's um well i wasn't expecting it to, to, to pretty much be like a musical isn't it you know it is yeah it, it, i didn't expect that at all i just thought it would feature obviously his songs you know elton john's songs but it, it's um it is it's a musical in you know um and it's great. It's really entertaining. It's it's funny. It's heartbreaking. You know, in places, it's really well made. Some of the the stuff, the trippy stuff, the dream sort of type sequences, you know, and everything. The performances. Like I said Taron Edgerton. He's absolutely fantastic in the role. Um, d- does he sing all the his own songs as well? He's singing it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's good as well. So, yeah, because um, he was in Sing, you know, the animated movie, hmm. uh, and he played a gorilla that sang an Elton John song. I think it, I don't know if it was I'm Still Standing. Um, so, you know, no, he can sing, but he he's really good in this. Yeah. And, and, you know, the cast in general are really good. You know, Jamie Bell's fantastic in it. What I didn't know, though, was I knew I recognised her. Um, the, the woman who plays his mom. And, you know, I was thinking, I recognise her. Has she been in EastEnders? And, you know, it's one of those where, because she's obviously playing a British person. And then when I looked at the cast list on IMDb, it's like, Bryce Dallas Howard? It's like, what the fuck? I wasn't expecting that at all. She mm-hmm. plays his mum, but she's good in it as well. I mean, it's, it is, it's just, it's a, it's a cracking film. Really enjoyed it. Um, again, it's one of those, how there's got to be elements of it that are, true then some of the elements that are exaggerated i don't know but it's it's great i really enjoyed it and uh directed by dexter fletcher so yeah yeah on, on a little side note as well you mentioned about listening to arnie's audiobook yeah tina's listened to um oh god his name escaped me elton john's autobiography on audiobook and she said it's one of the best ones that she's ever listened to ah, yeah it's supposed to be really good no it? holds barred I'm, oh, i can't remember I can't remember if he does or if he doesn't, but she said there's nothing held back. There's all sorts in it, and it is really entertaining by all accounts. Uh, yeah. I'll have to download that because I'm, I'm mm. on Audible, so and you get a credit every every month. So I'll have oh, there to, you go. Yeah, put put that one in your list. Put right? that on my wish list. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, because that's the thing with 
Arnie's autobiography, he did the first chapter, but then it's Stephen Lang uh, who did who's doing it yeah. now. And he's he's good enough, you know, but it, it's very sort of like dryly read out. Mm. So, well, anyway, so the probably the, the my movie movie <laughs> my movie <laughs> recommendation um, of the last month and a half to two months since we last did one of these shows is uh once upon a time in hollywood have you watched that oh yeah we went to the cinema for it yeah so i know tarantino um can be divisive with people some people love him some people hate him some people love some of his films some people hate some of his films i think he's kind of one of those directors that you kind of he falls into a camp but the thing is, he's a talking point, isn't he? And I, I oh, think, yeah, you know, he, he generally makes interesting films. You know, some people would say some of them are masterpieces. Some people would say that they're up their own arse. Um, I think sometimes there's a mixture of both when I watch some of his films. I, and, you know, I remember watching Pulp Fiction for the first time in the cinema in 94. 94 was a really good year for films. Um, but anyway, that and kind of, thinking oh, i've never actually seen anything like this before this is amazing but then other people thinking you know this it's a lot of old bollocks and whatever and he messes with the sort of the narrative structure of of things and timelines and then with um inglorious bastards kind of started to mess around with history um and again <clears throat> you know i've not seen all i've not seen the hateful eight so i think i've seen all of his other movies but that's the only one that i've not seen and i don't think you're a particular fan of that one am i right in saying no not not really no so i'm intrigued to hear what you think about this but anyway so this has just appeared on sky movies and that sometimes the thing that puts me off about films is their running time and mm. i know it shouldn't but when you've got little kids and then when you sort of like evening time is limited then it's you have you know you, th- you sit down for to watch a film at say 11 o'clock and you yeah. think Oh, so film's on for like two hours, 40 minutes. Yeah. Fuck. You know, I'm not going to get to bed till two o'clock, which is fine because I don't mind staying up late. But you think it, it's a it's an investment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> all star cast, you know, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, uh, Margot Robbie, you know, tonight, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Oh, when I saw <laughs> when I saw his name, that, that was the, the one go. that sold, sold yeah. the deal. Hands down uh, pants once again. <laughs> Oh God! If Timothy Oliphant and um, oh, what I mentioned him earlier on, fuck Judge Dredd, um, <laughs> Carl Urban, Carl Urban. If it, if they're in a film together, oh God, I don't know how I'll cope. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so and it's it's uh, set in the sixties, uh, and it's it's all around the time of um, you know Sharon Tate and the um, the Manson family and the murders and all that kind of. So it kind of. It sets it up like so. It's it's one of those where I was watching it for an hour, and I thought to myself, "Fuck all's happened here. There's mm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing's really happened. You know, they're kind of so. DiCaprio is this aging TV stroke movie actor who was really popular in a TV show. It made me think about Clint Eastwood in alternate universe. Obviously, Clint went on to become really popular, but you know, uh, in his in the real world, yeah, shall we what, say, what could have happened? Yeah, but you know, started off in Rawhide. Let's say, for for example, like you know, his movie career didn't turn out the way it did, but then he started playing these kind of bit part, you know, villains, if you like, and and then so and he so Rick's 
um, career is is on the downside. It's it, you know went from really popular TV show to being a bit part actor play typecast essentially is playing the same kind of roles and he's he understands that he or he he recognizes it recognizes it but you know he's doesn't want it to happen so he's drinking a lot taking drugs all that kind of stuff you know it's it's kind of watching a person go through their own kind of personal hell then you've got brad pitt who plays his stunt double cliff booth and they've been they're like thick and thin you know that kind of together um even though his movie career has dried up um brad pitt just sticks with him just drives him around you know just he's kind of a bit of a drifter in some ways like he's he doesn't he ain't got a job you know he's not doing any stunt acting or stunt work or anything like that he's just he's there isn't he he's just kind of he's there for rick mm. so they've got this friendship this bond um rick i have to say he's a bit of a he takes advantage of him, but whether Cliff un- recognises that or not, but he just likes hanging around with him, I guess, you yeah. know, sometimes gets him work, but still. And then you've got Margot Robbie, who plays Sharon Tay, and she kind of, you know, just floats in and out the movie, just <laughs> goes to watch her own a, a film that she's in, a Matt Helm film, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, it leads up to this um, this sort of series of events, if you like, that, you know, kind of have become uh, infamous over the years, you know. Uh, I, so, like I said, for the first hour or so, I kind of, I mean, I haven't looked at my watch a little bit. I thought, oh, fucking hell, look at that, an hour's gone here and nothing's really happened. But I'm really enjoying it. And the, I think, uh, cut to the chase, I loved it. I, I absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. I mean, it, the thing that, you can accuse Tarantino of a lot of things, but I think he's genuinely got a love for cinema. You know, I think oh, that, yeah. that, yeah, that's without that, a doubt. That, yeah. that, you know, different genres of cinema, you know, um, and you can see that in, in all of his, this is somebody who loves the sort of like the, uh, you know, cinema from say the the sixties and that, that, that era, that time period, you know, that Hollywood era of movies and, I, I th- performances, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is amazing in it. I loved his performance um, because, like I said, he plays, he almost plays like two characters to, you know, he, he plays because it's there's like scenes where he's filming a, uh, a, a TV show. So he's, you see him in the trailer, you know, you see him at his home practicing his lines etc and then he's filming it but that's all shot as if it's like shot as if it's you know you're watching the tv show or you're what you know yeah. you forget that you're watching somebody filming you you're watching that and you're thinking oh, i want this fucking film to carry on because i'm invested in it <laughs> yeah, now. You, you know you're invested in the story the characters um and then brad pitt kind of does his own thing and somehow gets embroiled in this uh situation where he goes to the encampment where the the manson family were and uh he's brilliant in it as well you know badass character there's a whole thing that's been made about the portrayal of bruce lee you know being a bit of a dick let's be honest um in the movie and there's been people i think his own his daughter took exception to it and all that kind of stuff um so that aside though i genuinely thought it was fantastic and the last hour or so of the movie was just really thrilling like (laughs) and it's and it kind of reminded me of like tarantino where it's that 
really black humor there's yeah. like there's moments of stark violence in it like in pulp fiction where marvin gets shot in the face in you know and then they start kind of like arguing with each other and it's like fuck me and then they kind of it's really funny you know there's funny scenes and there's there's the, the that final you know some of the stuff in it was i mean it's great it, i loved it i thought it was just a, a an awesome awesome movie um and one of those films that kind of it, it may be up there as one of his his best films for me you know um i still have to watch the hateful eight um but um yeah it's 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 cracking it's a really so what what did you think of it yeah i thought it was one of his one of his better ones tina enjoyed it more than i did uh yeah the end of it is absolutely fucking bonkers uh i think not too far from now i do want to give it a rewatch as well mm. but for me yeah it was all about the characters i mean the performances brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio they were brilliant in it absolutely brilliant in it it's like you said i was sat there in the cinema thinking and again knowing it was a long film and thinking there's not much happening at the moment is it gonna carry on like this and and again you know i'm I'm invested in the characters and you know and the great actors but is anything really gonna happen and of course it does and then you think whoa wow and i think that's i think in some ways unfairly the end of the film has kind of overshadowed the rest of it because of the extreme violence that happens in it but looking back on it i think yeah i do i, I do want to revisit that and, re- and re-watch it but even coming out of the cinema even though tina enjoyed it more i did think yeah that's that's one of the better tarantino ones because i think i might have said before he is a director whose movies i i like watching the films and nine times out of ten i'll enjoy them but I never really have any inclination to go back and rewatch them. Mm. Uh, but I think with this one, this one, I, I will want to go back and revisit it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So there you are. Those are my films. Mm. Other than the double dip. Well, shall we take a break for a minute and then? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll get some heavy duty sort of towel action around my sweaty balls because it's getting even hotter <laughs> in here. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, just mop up the floor from all of all the sweat that's on. Then we'll come back with a double dip. Then shall we? They're hoping if you spin the chamber enough times, you're gonna catch a bullet. It's just easy that way. This is an extraction. So who are the players? Biggest drug lord in India versus biggest drug lord in Bangladesh. <laughs> Some mythic shit, huh? It's a kidnapping. Drug lord's son. Clock's running at 16 hours. Proof of life as of six hours ago. You do exactly as I say. Who are you? Name? Ovi. Move fast. Stay low. Something's wrong. The city's on lockdown. Yeah, no shit! The job is fucked, Tyler. Tyler. Just find my money. 
There's no way to protect them. You have a family? Yeah, son. He died a few years ago. The best thing you could do for that kid would be to put a bullet in his brain. We can send a chopper and get you out. But you gotta leave the kid behind. Are you gonna leave me in the street? Hang on as tight as you can. Uh, can't you trust me? No. Good. No! Are you always this brave? I'm not brave. You rescue people? Sometimes. Sometimes I do other things. Okay, welcome back. Um, hope you enjoyed the break. So, this is our double dip section. And for people who've never listened to the show before, how dare you, but welcome. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is where Dave and I send each other a list of movies that we have never watched before, uh, which is a minor miracle for Dave because he has watched... Yeah, everything um or so it seems and um so we send each other a list of movies and then we just talk about them that's pretty much it isn't it yeah, so it's, it's good, good it? to watch new stuff isn't it you know because hmm. some things that i mean particularly one of the films that uh, we're going to talk about uh, in this episode i would have never watched <laughs> uh i'm not saying whether you know that's a good thing or a bad thing yet but <laughs> No, so it just gives us a chance to watch new stuff, isn't it? Because, you know, I, I, we've said it before many times, I do in particular, and well, as I've mentioned, with some of the stuff that we've, we've uh, I've been watching is that, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to slip on a little comfort blanket and watch the films that yeah, you watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, but then you do miss out on new stuff. Well, so yeah. anyway, it's nice though, isn't it? To, for both of us, we know every show. There's there's always two films that neither of us have ever seen before that we can have a chat about. It's really good. Yeah. Okay. So. The movie that I sent to you mm. to watch um, was the latest uh, theatrical uh, kind of instalment, if you want to call it that. I mean, Netflix throw a lot of money at these films, don't they? Uh, and they have done. So, you know, having big name stars and it's a Netflix exclusive, sometimes they do give them a theatrical release for, let's say, like a week or two. Mm. But this was the latest big blockbuster uh, that appeared on Netflix, starring uh, Chris Hemsworth, um, post all the Avengers stuff, although he is still in the Marvel Universe because uh, with the new Thor film that's going to be coming out at some point. Uh, but this is Extraction, um, and it's uh, an hour and 56 minutes long start. It's t he plays a character called Tyler Rake, a fearless black market mercenary embarks on the most deadly extraction of his career when he's enlisted to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. Um, it has got a 6.8 on um, IMDb out of 113,993 people. Uh, the reviews on Metacritic, it's got 56. So um, we'll go for the, the Telegraph because I recognise this 
reviewer. He gives it an eight. Says, um, like it's absurdly, uh, absurdly named hero. Extraction gets a serious and deeply silly job done in style. So he quite liked it. Um, let's have a look at one of them. Empire. Um, powered by the charisma and physicality of its star, this often grueling action flick does more than enough to suggest that Hemsworth has found his genre. Once he hangs up a certain hammer and uh, one of the lower ones, total film uh, set pieces play saviour in Netflix and Chris Hemsworth's generic kidnap thriller. So there you are. Um, So you go first. Um, what did you think of this this movie? Uh, okay. I thought... I mean, people can see... Like, one of the things with us all be on Letterboxd. We get a good idea from the star rating, don't we? Because you can give it between one and five stars with half mm. stars included. I gave it two and a half stars on there. Mm-hmm. I thought it was decidedly average, down the middle. It wasn't crap, wasn't brilliant. I thought it, it ticked every sort of... It ticked all the action things that I wanted, but it also ticked everything that you just come to expect from a film. Uh, it had got, and we, we've talked about this before, and if I see another film with this, I'm going to go, fuck, here's one for the rant show, I think, if they see this again, because it's like, here's one of your really good mates, and as soon as you see them, you think, he's going to fuck you over later. And yeah, once again, we talked about it in the last show, didn't we? Yes. Like, as soon as he come on, and his mate comes on, and we looked at each other, and we said, it's going to happen again, isn't it? And yeah. I was like, yes, it does. It's like, for fuck's sake, people, come up with something different other than... Is it really supposed to be a surprise now when the hero's best mate suddenly fucks him over? It's not have a so bad cool. guy. Have a, yeah. you know, Just concentrate on a really fucking evil bad guy. Have another. Have a bad guy's henchman. But don't try and pull the wool over the viewer's eyes with, oh, you didn't see that come in. Yes, yeah. we did. It's <laughs> not like uh, an LA confidential or the departed kind of moment mm. is when you go, fucking hell, never saw that yeah. come in. Yeah. If you it, know what I mean? That's it. Uh, it's so it, telegraphed. It's very, yeah, it's it's not subtle. But it's I think not. that's the thing with this movie. It's not subtle at it's all, not, is it? It's not subtle. I was my usual gripe. <sighs> Can we just go back to all squibs and practical effects rather than CG blood? This, um, I mean, you get the usual CG uh, blood gunshots. You know, it's all oh, the blood's flying out of the body. You get some horrible ones though, though, where it's the blood stains on clothing or on cars. The whoever was responsible for the smoke effects, the CG smoke in this one, yeah. firing. It's a Abysmal. It really is terrible. And I think this is this is a damning thing. I will get onto some positives, but this is a damning thing about it. Is we were sat there and it got to a certain point and we we're both like, oh, how long's to go? Which is never a good sign of any film, but especially an action film. So we had a look and we went, fuck me, this 40 minutes still to go. Mm. And we'd both had enough, right? We'd had it. And let me put this into context. This is Tina has had enough of looking at a sweaty Chris Hemsworth on screen. I mean, we're going back to hands down the pants talk again now, and she's had, <laughs> and she's had enough. You know, if we're saying that, that's a bit damning. This should have been for us at least ninety minutes. I think it was the, the worst thing about it is too long, in my opinion. I just got oh, okay, just wrap it up. You know, I think the story could have been told in less than that. 
plus points there's some great stunts in it. there's some great stunt work in it there's some really there is some good action scenes in it chris hemsworth makes a great action hero uh, i think he deserves to be in better films than this uh, and better action for he's a good actor he doesn't even have to be just in action films i think he is a good actor but i think he won he could carve a successful career as you know a new action hero for this generation but i'd like to see him in something a bit more original than than this one uh, i thought it was great uh, one of my favorite parts in it is where he has a fight with kids it's not often you see that yeah mate, is it? yeah yeah that was really good and we both were like sort of a whooping and a hollering at that and going yeah go on kick the little shit's ass <laughs> and he does there's no sort of holding he does he like picks one up and flings him against the wall and that he doesn't pussyfoot around even though the kids these are kids with guns by the way who just want to kill him and would kill him yeah. given the chance he doesn't just he doesn't just talk walk into a, like a crash and yeah. start beating kids up <laughs> <laughs> he'd had One a bad us. day he'd missed his morning coffee and he was pissed off yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. uh so yeah so that's why on the whole i just it was a two and a half there was stuff i liked about it there was stuff i didn't like about it and it was ju it was very generic but it was it was not an unpleasant watch it was adequate is is, mm. is what i thought about it what what about you did you watch it with Kay or did you watch it by yourself no i watched it on my own um so I mean, first thing to say it is quite violent i mean the thing mm. is it's daft as fuck i mean mm. th there's a, a website uh, or a i'll have to find out what it is for the next show on youtube and it's basically um a kill count sort of like the... uh, <laughs> on youtube and i uh, there is one for this, and I was thinking, how many, there must have been hundreds of people who got fucking killed in this film because there's people getting shot left, right, and centre, mm. and it is it's mental and it's daft in as much as that people are getting run over by cars and then oh, getting up. That hit by the truck. That's a good bit where the guy gets hit by the truck. He's yeah, really you know, he's having a fight with someone and he hits him with a truck and then later on, he, you know, he gets up, they have a knife fight, then they have more fighting and then, you know, it's it's mental, you know. It, it, and like you said, it's totally, the story's, you know, he's this mercenary who's got lost the will to live almost, you know what I mean? And it, kind of thinking about it today as I was having watched the other movie that we're going to talk about in a little bit, which stars Mel Gibson, it reminded me of why I love Lethal Weapon so much, because that has a similar theme in as much as that in Lethal Weapon, his wife is killed mm -hmm. and he's lost the will to live almost, and he wants to die. And then he finds Danny Glover and then they kind of, you know, finds a reason to live, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so whereas in, in this, um, uh, Chris Hemsworth character, his son died. And so that's kind of, you know, why he is taking all the most dangerous jobs going. And he takes this job knowing that it's extremely dangerous and there's a very good chance that he could die, you know, because he just doesn't give a shit, does he, to be quite honest. Mm. But the pro the difference between, and like you said, I agree, Chris Hemsworth's really good. And I think his acting has developed. Having watched yeah. the Thor movies now, you can see how, how you know, he is grown more confident you know in terms of his own ability and his his acting and all that kind of stuff um but the difference between that is i mean lethal weapons a brilliant film into like the story's great in his you know but the act you know th this i think there's a certain sense of uh you know mel gibson and and 
vulnerability in that film and everything else. And I think it's a bit more watered down, whereas this is just daft action. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Lethal Weapon's got some good action set pieces in it, but this is just over the top, you know, with, with like I said, people getting run over by trucks and getting up, uh, which I haven't got a problem with. And it I, I makes it sound as if I, I'm quite down on the film, whereas I think I probably liked it more than you did. You did, um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah going, again, just from Letterboxd alone. Yeah, yeah so I, it just for me... Um, again, similarly to you, I did look at the running time and thought, fuck me, this is, you know, because once it gets going, the pace of it is pretty full on, you know, once the, they get the, uh, the kid who they have to extract or he has to extract, there's a great scene where he goes into the building, you know, and he fights off a room full of people, which I thought was good. Um, and then, you know, it, it's just nonstop, isn't it? And then this other guy who wants the kid gets it, you know, gets into the mix. Mm-hmm. And then there's all that back and forth between them. And then it kind of slows down a little bit and David Arbor comes into it. And again, you know immediately where that's going. Yeah. And then the last 40 minutes of it kind of pick up again. And it, it almost becomes like a nonstop shootout, really. There's it, it, So I think the first half of the movie is really good. Um there's a little bit of a lull and then it picks up, but the action's not quite as good as the first half, I don't think. But um, enjoyable, daft, switch your brain off, you know, just go with it. And that's it. But the thing as well, I noticed that there's you can shave at least 10 minutes off the running time because um, there's at least like 10 minutes worth of credits. Now, I don't know if you received like foreign money from, cause it's set in, um, India, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Um, so, and I, I don't know if, if all the credits at the end are because of, you know, the inclusion of all the people that kind of worked on it or the money, the finance, etc. But yeah, I, I, you know, I'm in agreement with you in as much as it's daft and it, you know, but I, I, I did, quite enjoy it because it was like it almost reminded me of like the the action movies you'd watch i used to watch as a kid you know where the there's no real plot as such he's just got lots of gunfights and explosions and um that's fine you know but then that's fine in itself but it's not the level of say a lethal weapon which Mm, and i know it's not comparing apples and oranges but in terms of the character you know and the sort of have similar themes if you like kind of like um motivations shall we say but i think the performance in that and then because the it's that is reined in the action's still there but it's reined in to a point where this is just like fuck it let's just kill everybody in india you know (laughs) Which is fine. Um, Which so, is fine. Wait, no. There goes all our Indian listeners. <laughs> not that I'm advocating it. Wherever. Wherever it was set, you know. So, um, but there you go. Um, just looking at this, the, the screenplay, uh, Joe Russo. So he's, well, yeah, so it, it, by one of the directors of, um, you know, the Avengers movies and, and linked to Hemsworth in, in that respect. So well, it's got some decent, but... That's surprising because, look, again, the, the story is kind of threadbare, really. So, hmm. but yeah, enjoyable daft action for me. Yeah, it was it was it was fine. It's a harmless past the time. Well, a little bit too long, but it was it was okay. It was okay. I wouldn't, you know, dissuade anybody from watching it. But um, would I watch it again? No, no. It looks I like would... it could be a sequel though. <laughs> Really? Oh, what? Well, look from the way it ended and how successful this has been, yeah. I think there's going to be a sequel. 
Do you think? Mm. I, I mean, see, for me, it would uh, not spoiling it, but I think it would. The way it ended, I liked the sort of ambiguity of mm. it. You know how it kind of did he, didn't he? Yeah. You know, without spoiling it, but you know, it, so I like that. I prefer. I would think it'd be better to just leave it at that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, just leave it at that. That's yeah. fine. You know, you've yeah. done your action thing. Um, well, you haven't done it because you're going to do more. But you know what I mean. <laughs> this type of action. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm. Uh, so then, the the film that you recommended mm. um, that we watch uh, is from. Well, it's released in 2019. Um, well, 2020. Uh, it, it it it's a it, but it's one of those films that have been looking into it a little bit. It's had a bit of a sort of troubled, Ooh, very much production, and I bet there'd be a documentary on this that you know uh, if it ever got released. <laughs> um, and this stars um, Mel Gibson, as we mentioned, Sean Penn, and then the British cast uh, Eddie Marsden, um, Steve Coogan, Natalie Dormer, uh, amongst others. And it's the professor and the madman. Inmate number 742, assigned to block two. We have been attempting to make this dictionary for the last 20 years, and I submit that the extraordinary, the unconventional, Mr. Murray, is the solution and our salvation. The task is gigantic. And impossible. There is a way. We'll ask them to read in search of the words that we want and get them to write the word on a slip of paper. So this is the good doctor. I'm proud to make your acquaintance, sir. I cannot believe my eyes. All right. Partners, word for word. My entire life, all that I pursued has been in preparation for this. You think I'm insane? You do experience yourself as being under threat. I only need books. Our gathering so far, we've only just started. William Minor will be struck from all acknowledgements. What are you so afraid of? The bad man can be redeemed. Mr. Churchill! If you believe that every individual life deserves its own chance, you must set him free or he will perish. When I read, I can fly out of this place on the backs of books. I've gone to the end of the world on the wings of war. We are linked now. Brothers. An American and Scott. One Oxford, one Yale. One brilliant, one mad. Which is which? Mr. Murray, we are watching with a concerned eye. Watch then. And be amazed. And the little synopsis on IMDb is Professor James Murray begins work compiling words for the first edition of the Oxford English Dictionary in the mid 19th century and receives over 10,000 entries from a patient at Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum, Dr. William Minor. Um, and that's Sean Penn. Uh, it's got 7.3 um mm on IMDb out of 26,000 people and the uh, critical reviews there's only four uh, wow. on 
Yeah, and they're all negative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a 25 on Metacritic. So, um, yeah, I, I won't read them all, but I'll just. So, um, let's have a quick look here. It's the presence of Gibson and his co star Penn who give the project a stuffy sanctimoniousness as it so transparently yearns to be the definition of powerhouse acting. Um, and then one final one. The film's only real draws are Gibson and Penn, who come at the material from opposite ends of the acting philosophy spectrum. It's simply confounding, much like the rest of the movie. Uh, so, yeah. It's, so this is what I was saying earlier on. If you hadn't have picked this, uh, I'd have never watched this, if if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> So, um, shall I, shall I tell you what I, yeah, thought? go on, mate, please. So again, so it's one of those, I mean, I, I like Mel Gibson, you know, personal situation aside, um, which is, I guess, well-documented. Uh, I really like Mel Gibson movies. Uh, I think he's a, he's a cracking actor, I've watched a ton of his films and, uh, he's been in some amazing movies and also you know directed uh now obviously director apocalypto really enjoyed um you know obviously famously directed braveheart and that win oscars i can't remember now i think so yeah i think it did yeah so and also he's got a scottish accent in this so he yeah. had a bit of practice i guess at it um and so yeah so the story starts out that uh sean penn is um a, a civil war soldier and you think at first he's got ptsd because you know he's uh hearing voices seeing things that aren't there and he's chasing somebody through the street who he thinks he's chasing him ends up killing an innocent man and then um gets sent down and is declared insane which he disputes and then he's in uh broadmoor and then coinciding with that is that mel gibson is charged to write like i said the sort of like you know the dictionary uh and um he's up against some dastardly wankers who don't want him to succeed uh Le- what's his name lawrence fox uh is one of them who's garnered a lot of <laughs> attention lately <laughs> yeah. uh, in this country but still um and about his struggles, you know, and how they go about that, you know, sending out letters to every book in, or an insert in every book that's sold, you know, about asking the uh, members of the British public to contribute to this, you know, with any words, anything, that, you know, they think is important that could go into it. So it's it's about them compiling, uh, you know, all the words going from A to, well, A to Z, but basically, isn't it? Uh, or at least, you know, as far as they get, you know, and, and all the struggles. But then... Uh, then you've got, like I said, Sean Penn's character who gets one of these uh, uh, letters or leaflets and then he is driven to then start sending tons and tons of of uh, words that they can use in the dictionary. And then running alongside that is his relationship with the woman whose husband he shot and how she kind of grows to, um, you know, develop this relationship with him. Um, uh, so what, what can I say? So the the thing is, so anyway, like I said, this movie has been floating around for ages. So I, I had never heard of it at all, which is, you know, you think Mel Gibson making a movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not as prolific as he was, you know, in his early days, but even so it's still when a Mel Gibson movie comes out, you kind of, I guess, stand up and take notice. Yeah. Um, so 
looking at this, this is what I'm saying. It's been floating around for ages. Uh, apparently in 2017, uh, Mel Gibson and his production company sued the production company that made this film because of they weren't happy with various aspects of the way it was being made. And then uh, he lost his appeal in court and he then uh, he and the director refused to do any um, publicity for it whatsoever, which is why you'd have never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, came out in 2019 in America and just d- disappeared pretty much without a trace. And then it's just been released recently and it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think that's probably for me, and I'm being really horrible and harsh more interesting than the film <laughs> uh, knowing that um so I, I did watch this with kay last night and we stayed up till about 1 30 watching oh it oh my god the, the film's on for over two hours it's longer and, than extraction isn't it yeah and we felt every fucking minute of the film if i'm being perfectly <laughs> honest now, that, and i'm being really really harsh when i say this and i think like i wrote in my little review is that it's it's one of those movies where you think all the ingredients are there you know it's it's well shot it's well made the acting's you know the the performances at first i must admit i was a bit put off by sean penn i don't, I don't know how you feel about sean penn he's never really done anything for me if i'm being perfectly honest he's, he's uh, been in some good stuff he's, yeah for me he's hit and miss yeah, so um, I think he's one of those actors that, you know, method actors, sometimes they take it almost too far or I, I don't know, it's, which makes me kind of feel a bit less inclined to warm to him as an actor, if mm. that makes sense, because I think, I don't know whether I think, hmm, you're just up your own arse, basically. Um, so I, I don't know, I, I, I don't warm to him as an actor, particularly, I don't put it like this, I don't go out my way to watch any of his films um so but anyway that's so yeah i was at first when he started i was thinking hmm, I, don't, I don't know if you were over you know you, you're going a bit over the top with it but i think as the film goes on he calms down and and whatever or say calms down i kind of i went i got I, I, I went along more with his performance mel gibson i have to say he's really good in it i think he, you know there are bits of his performance which are really emotional and i was as i was into that but it's one of those where you think it was based on a real life story. And, you know, what I liked about it, the end is that you see a photograph of the real people, which mm-hmm. we've said before. I really like all of that kind of stuff. But it just didn't connect with me at all. I didn't. I found it hard going. I found it slow paced. I just it. And this is as reductive as it sounds. It's really harsh to say. It, but when I sat like. You know, back Kay and I kind of looked at, at each other after it finished and were like, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> why the fuck has he picked that? I heard what, the cries yeah, from yeah, here. She did. She did <laughs> actually say, so why did we just watch that, is what she said. And I said, well, it was what Dave picked. And also, uh, you know, kind of, because there's a lot of conversations that go on and they are using a lot of big words which you know i understood and i got all of that these kind of academics and all that kind of stuff to to make them sound like the you know they're more important oh shit oh, yeah okay that, that that was pinhead falling off the wall oh god Fucking hell. scared the shit out of you it did. uh so yeah they're using a lot of sort of like you know kind of really academic uh, phrases and words and all that. I guess maybe that's to in- t- try and intimidate Mel Gibson's character or just, that's just the way they talk. The only one that you kind of have any sense of 
connection with, I guess, is um, what's his name? Alan Partridge's character. Um, mm. What's his face? Professor Steve, somebody. Steve oh, Coogan. Oh, Steve Coogan. I thought you wanted the, the yeah. character name. Then. No, no, because he's the only one that is on Mel Gibson's side. They, they, a lot of them all want him to fail, don't they? Yeah. Essentially, or they don't want him to work to, to work it. And I kind of said to Kate, "Well, it's just about people trying to write the dictionary in it." And if that sounds compelling and exciting to you, then <laughs> you're probably going to enjoy this. But if if watching a movie about people writing the dictionary or pulling the dictionary together doesn't sound like your bag, then I don't think you're going to like this, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> because that's as exciting as it sounds. It's about people writing the dictionary. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. That's kind of my take on it. But anyway, what did you think? Yeah, it, <laughs> you've said most of it, mate. It is. It's not the type of film that I'd normally have picked. You know, like I said, two academics, you know, going on about the genesis of the Oxford English Dictionary and getting all really excited about finding, you know, the the meaning, the the use of the. Oh, I can't even think of the actual words. That's quite ironic, isn't it? I can't think of the actual words about a film to do with the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> but that is as exciting as it gets. Um, I'm going to reference Letterboxd again, and I've referenced it a few times, but I think it's a really interesting way of not only cataloguing your films, but looking back on... You know, I look back today and looked at the films I've watched this year and was looking at, oh, how many... Oh, I'd give that one star and all of this. It's interesting to see. Um, and I don't mark them on how let me get, try and get explain this properly on how how good the film is i mark it on how much i enjoyed them so as an example the you know the classic samurai cop is is you know looking at it as purely filmmaking way it's not a good film you know it's poorly made and all of this but for me it's a five star film because i absolutely love it you know i enjoy it mm. i gave this um so extraction i gave two and a half i gave this three one star or at least one star of it is because Mel Gibson's in it, and I just love watching Mel Gibson. He's mm. one of those actors who's got that screen presence, that certain something about him. I can watch him in anything, and you know that's a star already just because he's on screen. I, you know, that's an enjoyable experience for me. Um, otherwise, it would have been less stars than Extraction, obviously. Mm. Uh, yeah, I do think the troubled production comes through on the screen. Uh, again, there's a, you can only do so much with guys finding words and the meanings of words no matter with the backstory to do with it even though um, like sean penn does cut his cock off in it which was oh wasn't expecting See, that that was oh that, that's never he, he obviously does something you know he does something down there because he's got blood on his hands but i wasn't sure if he just maimed himself whether he really cut it off or he cut one of his bollocks off or he cut his bollocks off because it's never explained what he's done yeah, he's, he's clearly done something yeah i read i read it as though he's cut it off because it was something to do with the, the woman who was falling in love with him uh, and right, was okay. wanting about children and all of that and he thought well sure way of not to have kids is if i cut my own cock off really bit extreme could have yeah. worn a condom a bit easier <laughs> Probably didn't think of that. Uh, in fact, we got some feedback I tweeted that we're recording this today. And um, at Asia Mania pod, Ben Wyatt put, I hope they include the guy cutting his own dick off in the Professor movie. <laughs> yes, they do, Ben. They, he does cut it off. Mm. Uh, not, like you say, you don't see it too graphically. It's not like, you know, a cannibal holocaust or anything like that. Uh, that is a completely different film. But it did drag. 
um, and not a lot happens in it and it is very it's very sterile I think due to the mm. subject matter alone what is what makes it very sterile and stark and it's and the way that it's shot and the color palette of even is just is all ooh it's a very cold it's a cold film to watch mm. I thought it was for what it is I thought it was okay the reason I picked it is again it's Mel Gibson it's a Mel Gibson film that I hadn't seen and here's a good excuse to watch it uh, otherwise, it would have been probably a long time before I'd watched it. But no, we have to watch it because we're recording the show. And again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Uh, I think with the troubled production and with the director and Mel not doing publicity for it, I think a lot of it's to do with the fact they probably acknowledged the final product isn't that great anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you, I loved at the end. I love it in all films. You know, it comes up where it's you know based on a true story and you see photographs or moving images of the actual people whose the story's about that's always nice i really love that to end a film it's just unfortunate there was like ah, there was like over two hours of words (laughs) finding words oh and it's yeah we found art oh we're gonna have to start art again shit (laughs) oh confound it um and yeah (laughs) Uh, and, and then having kind of like word jousts between themselves, you know, as their f- friendship develops yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I looked at Tina's little review, you know, the sort of, I suppose, the side plot, the romantic side plot as well. You know, it's, it, I don't know. It just, yeah, it's, yeah. It, mm, I, I wouldn't recommend it either. No, unless... I, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, for fuck's sake, live while we were recording, Pinhead threw himself off my wall in here <laughs> while I'm just talking about it. And nearly headbutted me, and he's got pins in his fucking head. That could have been could be deadly, mate. <laughs> could have been. So yeah, sorry about that one, mate. That wasn't the best of picks, but that's fine. Well, that's what happens, you know. You, yeah, you, we don't you know, never, do we? Never know what you're going to get, do you? We don't know. Who knows? Anyway, closing the show. Let's close the show out. Sixty minutes with uk, the website. That's the hub of everything. Just go there. The links to the, all the social media is on there. There's different reasons why you should be following us on Instagram and Twitter, Twitter especially, not just for the competitions, but that's the main way that we get news out about what's happening. So if you want to find out day to day, keep an eye on the Twitter feed. There's, uh, we said at the beginning of this episode, that all the affiliate links with Amazon. Uh, we've got uh, CD keys. You can save money. You can save 20% on insert coin clothing, which you've done, mate, haven't you? You've done that. You, you yeah, bought some stuff from them. Bought some stuff off them, which was awesome. A um, little bit annoyed because the shirt that I bought was full price. And then later on that week, they reduced it to half price. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> always annoying when that happens. That's but, you pain. know, I, I guess, you know, the kind of the, the 20% I got, I got off made up for it. Yeah. So, well, but no, could... they, they they do some amazing clothes, mm-hmm. I have to say. Particularly if you're into video games, uh, then and they ship worldwide as well. So um, they're always at Eurogamer, which is where I usually buy their T-shirts from. Um, so, but they do, uh, you know, if you love video games, then, and they're really high quality, the, 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 mm-hmm. the clothes that they put out. Because sometimes you buy, like, you know, um t-shirts and merch and the, t- the the quality of them isn't great and then within a few weeks they start to fall apart or you know f- look faded and shit but these you can tell the quality is really good even k said that you know what i mean so yeah yeah there you well, go 20 percent was good saving um, just use the code 60 mwic 
and you save money that way. Uh, Fusion Retro Books, you can save 15%. And you've written reviews about a couple of their books that's up on the mm -hmm. website as well, mate. They were up on yeah. there. Uh, so, yeah, just go to the website, basically. Everything's on there. Use those links uh, if you don't mind. Like I said, we don't know who you are. We don't have any of your details. You're just helping us out in um, in all sorts of ways to keep us online, keep us going, website and, and podcast. And uh, again, like I said at the beginning, a review, take two minutes, email us a review. It's really easy. There's a page on the website. You can read past reviews that people have sent uh, that helps us in so many different ways. And it really does help us get more interview guests, competition prizes, and lots of other ways. Uh, behind the scenes, that's, that's probably the easiest and most definitely the cheapest way <laughs> that you can do mm. to help us out. Yeah. And everything's on there. News, reviews, all that kind of shizzle. Um, pour yourself a drink. Have a look. There's loads on there. And there's always stuff going up on there. Consider considering, you know, it's just like you said, handful of us doing it as a hobby. It's, you know, there's, there's always different things to read on there or listen to. So it's good. Mm -hmm. mm. So this is it, mate. Yeah, it's uh, the end of this one. We had some good recommendations again. Uh, double dip. Mixed bag. Mm. Yeah. We'll see oh, what well. happens for the next time. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I won't I won't pick a film about like people finding words and all that kind of shit. You know, I'll try and get something a bit more. Yeah. You can find one about people cutting their cocks off though. I'll uh, watch yeah. that. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, I, it, it's, it's sort of going from one extreme to another, you know, just uh, about self mutilation. Let's yeah. why not? Yeah, I'll put that into Google. Self mutilation, <laughs> cock cutting off. <laughs> Plus, mo plus <laughs> movies and see what comes up, shall I? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mind you, we have watched. Do you remember when we watched? Was it Rocco? God, we have watched some fucking weird stuff, haven't we? Oh that, my god, that, that documentary. That porn star. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a bit extreme, wasn't he? That was a bit full on. Yeah. Was, like, fingers down women's throats and everything else down her throats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, you never know what we're going to pick. Stay, no. stay tuned, everybody. It could be anything. <laughs> Oh, right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, until next time, and on this journey now towards episode 500, we will be mm -hmm. back with plenty of shows, won't we, mate? Loads of Definitely. them. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.